Hello and welcome to the One One, your West Australian Racing Podcast. I am BJ Ryan, episode 61, proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. As always, I'm alongside the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton, and today it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Riley Morgan to the podcast. G'day, Terry, and g'day, Riley. Terry, BJ, thanks for having me, boys. It's good to have you on, Riley. I'm very excited about the uh, the upcoming um, few weeks. We're uh, obviously running the Young Gun Hunting Tipping series, podcast um, series, podcast series. Some of the uh, some pretty uh, some pretty astute minds we discuss floating around in the uh, the Twitter sphere, um, and uh, it's it's just a now that we have a, a little bit of a platform and a little bit of a following. I mean, at the end of the day, we're the uh, we're the people's podcast, aren't we? So. Let's get the people involved. Exactly. Uh, last week, Terry mentioned in his um, outro mm. that um, we were eager to promote young talent here at the One One, and that's something that I've always been eager to do. Uh, provide a platform for, you know, not necessarily young people, but just people, WA racing enthusiasts in general, to jump onto the podcast and uh, showcase their talents, Terry. And um, we got a good response to actually to the mm. post we put up on Twitter last Saturday with lots of people tagging various um, astute WA Racing minds and first cab off the rank is Riley Morgan. Riley, um, how about you give the listeners a bit of a racing resume, my friend, and uh, just a bit of a background, how you got inter- introduced to the game, uh, your current involvement in the game and just, I don't know, what do you do outside of thoroughbred horse racing, of course. And, it, and is your middle name Dot? No, <laughs> it's not Dot. Nah, firstly, thanks for having me, guys. Like, I think it's a great initiative to sort of get a few more, get a few more of the Twittersphere <laughs> tipsters on board and have their voice heard, whether it be wisdom or not. But, yeah, very happy to be here. Um, own racing resume. Not much of a story. I sort of got involved in it from a pretty young age, so my old man and a few of his brothers owned horses and had a lot of fun with those over the journey and I was pretty young when I sort of wanted to get involved in any way I could and sort of went to the races a few times with them as I was watching their own horses run around and, yeah, it was had great fun and really enjoyed it and just loved everything about it and wanted to get involved. Seems like you're a bit of a high achiever at high school, oh. Riley. Oh, uh, he? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm going to pick that, the specs. I mean, we can't see the specs he's currently wearing. He does look like, it does look pretty sharp. So it, how, how did you juggle your, uh, I guess, your growing love of thoroughbred horse racing with sport and academics during high school? And did you have, did you bring along some of your buddies along for the ride and have introduced them to the game as well? Yeah, obviously you had to sort of flick the switch off a little bit going through probably year 11 and 12 with obviously sporting and schooling commitments but once I left school it was all systems go really and wanted to get out to the races and watching as many races as I could straight away once I had more time on my hands to do so Mm -hmm. so yeah now that I've got a bit more time on my hands and I have to worry about those commitments as heavily as I did before I can put a bit more time into it and hopefully find a few more winners so you're in your last year of your university degree correct last year of my degree correct and that is, what are you studying at the Studying moment? a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in sport and rec management. Okay. While also playing league footy for Waffle Club Claremont. Yes. Yes. Trying my hand at Waffle Footy. Hopefully a couple more years and hopefully better result than we found last year. Mm. Who's your Waffle On team, the Terry? Yeah, I don't really have a Waffle team. My uh, friend of the family is probably one of the biggest Perth Demons um, Supporters, you'll you'll encounter Robert Dawson. Battlers. Is his name the Battlers? Yeah, the well, Battlers. I think they didn't. And this the is Red quite legs. 
It's quite amazing in an eight or nine team comp. Um, well, it was eight for a while and obviously nine at the moment. Ten. Ten. The, the Eagles moment. back now. Yeah. We're back, are we? Jeez, shows you how close on. The coasters are back. Um, but they didn't make the finals for 23 years, 25 years or something until last year. Until That's last incredible year. where 50% of the teams make the finals or more than 50% make the team to make the finals basically every year. So Perth Demons for me. BJ, who do you support? Swan Districts. Not Claremont now? No, no, you could okay. be over Riley, but uh, Swannies have been a bit, uh, I don't know if Very we've played in a grand final since 2010. Very colourful, colourful fan base at Swan Districts. <laughs> I did get told, uh, I did get told by someone that I hope that uh, Riley, <laughs> I shouldn't say this. I do hope that Riley um, punts better than he kicks late in grand finals. So <laughs> I had a couple of, I had a couple of flayed shots at goal that may have, uh, may have missed the big ones. Yes, but um. Nah, I thought the kick was all right other than that. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah. Probably, probably, I had to drop probably that, a tad harsh. Yeah. I, won't, I won't dive into that. Is that uh, deep too soon? So. Nah, not too soon. Right that. Uh, <laughs> We've got across, <laughs> got across that bridge. He can handle it. So, um, so you've been in the game, just following, building it up. What, what going forward? Do you, do you see yourself uh, in the industry? Um, like, well, what going forward? What do you? Uh, where do you want your racing journey to take you? Are you, are you sort of happy, sort of hanging around the periphery and just sort of seeing what happens? Nah, well, I sort of with my degree, sport and rec management, I sort of wanted to get into some sort of sporting industry, whether it be in a management role or some sort mm. of industry role, whether that be footy, cricket, racing in some description. So if the opportunity presented itself to sort of be more involved and potentially work somewhere along the line in a racing industry, I would absolutely jump at the chance because mm. it's a big passion of mine. Yeah, so you're punting. I see you've got your own. That's all we care about. Let's go. Let's yeah, go straight go. to punting. Your own, your own, you've got your own blog, which uh, I've been checking out for a while now. Yep. And uh, you've been brave enough to uh, publish your your um, thoughts and selections and strategies publicly for everyone to see and hold yourself accountable. Yep. How did that come about? And um, I guess let the listeners know how you, how you do your form for, say, what's your strategy from the moment acceptance has come out for a Saturday meeting on a uh, on a Wednesday afternoon, lunchtime? Yeah, well, first start, I sort of had a group of friends and I obviously took a more of an interest in WA racing than sort of racing elsewhere around Australia. And I sort of had a group chat with a group of friends and I started to find a few along the way and they sort of said, maybe you should post these on Twitter and you might get a few more people to follow you. And at the end of the day, you might be able to do what Crips, do, Crips is doing now, obviously mm-hmm. with his... Uh, Paid subscription, but I know to do that, you need a lot of runs on the board. So at the moment, it's just about ticking the few singles, couple of twos, maybe a boundary here and there and getting those runs up so I can maybe get to that stage eventually. But nah, that's probably that's probably it. And moving forward, just happy with what I'm doing at the moment. Don't mm-hmm. want to move too quickly. Uh, it's, uh, it's That's pretty well said, actually. It is, uh, it's always good to, uh, you get little free hits on Twitter early on as well. And the thing, <clears throat> what I like about, uh, not just yours, but also uh, Tommy Johnston and Latham Anderson, who will be joining us in the coming weeks. We'll discuss that in a bit more depth later. Um, but I love that you guys, um, you all try and find a little bit of value. I mean, everyone can find a, a favourite or a shorty. And um, so do you need a, I think, I think early on and early doors, especially, um, there's something to be said for someone that can find a runner at a price. I think, yeah, if you're following someone on Tipstar on Twitter, someone sort of freshish as well, you're not necessarily going to be following with huge staking plans or yeah. anything of that nature. So finding a couple at a price is uh, is the best way to go and um, that's probably my favourite part about the three blokes we've got coming on in the next couple of months, BJ. I like the fact that they're 
not just metrocentric either. They, oh, that, that's they, my, hey? Yeah, that's my stuff as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm very big on that. I love the fact that they're going to the deeper country and yeah. willing to uh, throw their hat in the ring in an Albany maiden or uh, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be a group one or a $6,000 race in the dirt somewhere and uh, hat's in the ring. I see that you've brought a printout and a laptop with mm. you today. Uh, always a um, topic taking of a, discussion with our guests. Taking a leaf out on. of the uh, guru's book over here. <laughs> and um, tell us about your how you go about you doing your form for a sad day. What's the what's the process? Because I know you've got a lot of commitments, obviously, outside of racing. But um, when you knuckle down to do the form, what's uh, what, what's your process? Yeah, like? it's usually always sort of a Wednesday night sort of job for me. And like I'm sure most punters, I'm really big on my speed maps as well. So I do my own speed maps and with obviously a big lean towards runners that are going to be in the first half of the field. Gee, that's what everyone says. It's a thing these <coughs> days, isn't it? Let's find uh, on-speed runners. So yeah, well, when, you have, when you have a look at the stats, you, yeah, don't, you don't find statistically you don't find too many horses that no. come from worse than midfield that are winning a lot of races. So you want to try and find those ones that are going to get good runs with cover mm-hmm. just in behind the speed or on top of the speed. So mm-hmm. that's what I look for. And if the form's good and the form's there... I can oh, see right. in front of you at the moment you've got the prices listed uh, for the races there. You will traditionally – you will know sort of have some degree what you want, want to want to be on, but you'll be working on those prices and backing the overs. Is that is that sort of yes, how you correct. go about it as well? Yeah, so I'm pretty disciplined with how I sort of back back horses on whether it be Wednesdays or Saturdays. So pretty much I'm just looking at price. Mm-hmm. So say you've marked one, um, $2.50. Yeah. Very keen on it, never above two twenty, two thirty. Do you have the discipline? And I still barely have this discipline. Do you have the discipline to let it go around without being on? Yes. Uh, yes good I answer. Do. I do yes, not. This kid might make it, BJ. He might. What about Betfair, Riley? How, how, do, you, how do you roll that into I'm really your... new to Betfair, actually. I only started using it and moved away from the sort of the corpse probably in the last – four or five months Mm -hmm. so i've only been using it for the last four or five months and have generally found that if i haven't got a price i'm looking for early that i generally will get that price late Mm -hmm. which is why it's such a good tool yeah it is it is and and with the because you you're using some of the data software at the moment as well you can really find with the data software that it will give you an indication of which horses will be back because these days there's a lot of bots backing there's as Riley mentioned, Crip before, I think Crip Service now has got <clears throat> a couple of hundred followers and that's now affecting markets. It's yeah. massively affecting Correct. markets. Um, so when we know money's going to come for a certain horse because of the data and perhaps you like something that hasn't got the best figures but you can see why and you're giving yeah. a reason why it hasn't got those figures, you know you can wait. So me and Riley can back the exact same amount of winners but if I'm averaging a 20% better price, I can be a winning putter, he can be a losing putter and vice versa. That's how simple it is. So, um, yeah, very good stuff. I like it. Uh, so... Terry has has you haven't put together your ten with Terry no, today. We've just, we've just got a this Australia Day just threw me this week, BJ. That's okay, yeah. but you do have some uh, just some questions so we can get to know Riley Morgan just a little yes, bit better uh, and and, uh, and his uh, his love of the the great game. Just a little treble. I just want to know your uh, your best punting story, your uh, your hard luck punting story, and your favourite horse over the journey. Beautiful. So we'll get started with our best punting yeah. story. It was a very very early doors. My best punting story was still pretty fresh to the game and was still betting with very, very small stakes at the time. And I sort of had a $10 three-legger on on a Mm -hmm. Saturday, which ended with, I think it was 50 stars at Rose Hill into Mystic Journey in the Oz Guineas 
into special delivery at Ascot oh, for the Bearstows. Oh, I reckon that was his last winner. Yeah, it was his last winner. <laughs> Mitchie Pateman down there. Mitchie Pateman in between horses found the gap and oh. absolutely split the middle. It won at pre- it's won at previous start first up um, and then it carried the big weight and got through and didn't it that day. Yeah, about so six bucks. got down to the last leg at yep. about five o'clock on the Saturday afternoon. Oh. And he had nowhere to go about halfway up the straight. Mm. And the split came and through he went and got the chocolates. And oh, that's that, a was a, that was a, quite a large night after that one. Yeah. <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. It's funny you mentioned that story. I can actually remember where I was for that race. I was at the Kareen Tavern celebrating that with nearly every single person in the bar when that, uh, when that got I think when the grey got home. Yeah, yeah when the grey. Absolutely oh, love grey. Yeah, he was a big, uh, he was a good horse to us. So uh, my housemate, Jared, who I mentioned in the past, he's uh, he's new to racing and following it all. But I reckon that's when he started. He still talks about special delivery as his favourite horse of all time. So... I um, yeah. we were just talking about the Golden Besto run, oh, weren't we? Oh, yesterday no. we, were, we were trying to. Mm. Uh, Dan Reddy was running on from last yes. winning races yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? Then the Armed and Reddies were going and winning, and uh, Langley was even winning a couple. And at its yeah. 80, 86 start for the prep. Uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't. Uh, he doesn't really understand the whole spelling thing too much. But <laughs> that's how I went. That's how well I went yesterday. I ended up on New Long Earth. Um, <laughs> your biggest. Uh, <laughs> give us your biggest uh, hard luck story on the punt. Hard luck story, I was actually at a mate's 21st last year mm. and it was a overcast Saturday at Belmont and I had a three-leg triple and it was my old man and his brothers and my uncle's horse, Tawny Peach, to win into Costa del Santo to win. Win? win. So we're going to be – let me think about that. Costa del Santo. It was about $6, $5. About was six it? bucks. So yeah, six fifty. Yeah. 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 So $6.50. $6.50. Tawny Peach was eight bucks. Yeah. yeah. And – Last leg. About 50 to last, leg. last leg was the Velvet King. Oh dear. Beaten oh, beat by perfect. It was beaten jewel? by perfect oh, jewel in a photo finish that took about five minutes to come through. After missing the kick yep. and then doing all the work. And then you were thought you were probably beaten halfway down the straight and came again and you thought you were probably home. Thought I was Jeez, home. Jeez, you would have had all the emotions there. And what was that about three? So it's about 100. The car battery has swooped yeah. late and got me. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. What we probably said was on the rides of the season, wasn't it? For what would have been oh. easily the biggest collect I was going to have in my Fear lifetime no. to this point. This is so, probably the top. That, yeah. that is a hard luck. That's yeah. why you I, I sat, a great game. I was sat in silence at the pub for the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, though, it uh, builds your character. This game, it's, like that, it? it's like that meme of, uh, what's it, like? Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Escobar. <laughs> 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 uh, what was the last question there, Terry? Uh, your favourite horse. Who's your favourite horse over the journey? A oh, horse that probably really kick-started ignited Martin. my love yes. for racing mm. was watching the Grey Flash Chautauqua go oh, around. Very good. Absolutely. Loved watching Chautauqua come from dead last, mm. especially in those TJ Smiths. Mm. Yeah, uh, very good. It was epic. Special, wasn't he? I think I saw something online during the week that he's, uh, he's got a new career, Chautauqua. Uh, yeah, he's uh, a show jumper. Show jumper. Show jumper. Yes. I saw that. I watched that um, on racing.com actually. It was yeah, good. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Very good. Oh, excellent. There's a few good yarns there, uh, Terry. And we can actually, do a podcast just on like best pun stories and, and hard bad stories. Mainly bad beats. Bad I lo- everyone loves hearing about a bad beat. Because everyone's got their own ones and I think Misery just loves company. Well, I think we it just allows us to connect with each other, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a knack. <laughs> We've all been there. I've got a really painful knack for early crowing. Oh, oh dear. 
Right, Why are you talking like a hundred to go type thing? Are you talking pre-race? A hundred to go. Yeah. go. Turn around. <laughs> back back to the screen. Walk away. Actually, get in line. Actually, I've got a I've, <laughs> I've got a recent I've got a recent uh, early crow. Uh, I in a WhatsApp chat we were on uh, our punters club was on top of the waza. No, top of the top of the mountain. Sorry, uh, two starts ago, mm-hmm. and I started typing in home and then deleted the uh, the. Uh, you started typing during the straight. How, I, on straightening, I had straight a shocker last and uh, and it, it won, it won. So well, it was home. Hey, never in doubt. Not, ac- not according to not some. <laughs> last Wednesday, I absolutely <laughs> turned my back and went to get in line for King's Authority. Oh, I was on. I was on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's probably your fault that I got done there. A horse that's won two or forty-five. We can't be turning back. That's like Mervyn being in front of a hundred by four, turning it back, going, "Oh, we're home here." Grab no, your no seat, hold your breath, so, mate. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's more of a chance to run seventh than win from there. Tell you what, in the in the old days, in the in the TABs, the early crows got dealt with very harshly. I think, didn't they? they so, so, Soon got escorted out of the premises. Yeah, the old the old timers didn't like the uh, the early crash. No, they didn't like it. Race isn't over till it's over. <laughs> so anyway, that's great stuff, Riley. Welcome again to the one one, and uh, I think it's time we get cracking on the Cynic Blast Stakes preview, Terry. Let's do it. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Cynic Blast Stakes Day at Ascot this Saturday, January thirty. We're recording the one one, your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's. Uh, just after 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 28th of Jan, Albany, Great Southern racing this afternoon. Mm. Of course, we were just about to preview the eight race card at Ascot on Saturday, and it's Breeders' Classic Day at Bunbury on Sunday. And yeah, once again, big thanks to Alex Doble who came on the show last week and outlined all the goings on down at the Bunbury Turf Club, very progressive race club and uh, good luck to everyone on uh, one of their feature days this weekend. So your, your favourite turf club at the moment, Well, I'll tell you what, we had a little bit of a turnaround actually. I don't, we'll, we'll prefix this by an absolute horror show yesterday at Ascot, but um, we actually didn't have a bad day. I was pretty keen Q-balling and in the last, I was, I was quite keen smart fascinator uh, each way and ran a, ran a nice place. Scotty Embry tipped me uh, Lucy <laughs> to Grey, so Scotty gets the chocolates there, won the race at 30 to 1. And the other two punters we've got coming on, um, there's only four tips I saw for this race. The other two punters we've got coming on, I saw Tommy Johnston tipped Ayasha, who's run second at about 30 bucks. One of and, your horses. Um, yeah, well, it was a couple of starts ago. Yeah. It was moral beaten. He was hurting after that one. Oh, <laughs> dearie, dearie, man. Um, and then... Um, and then there was uh, Latham Anderson who tipped Broadway Girl who's run fourth. I think the quartet paid 50 grand. They're the only four tips I saw for the race. So Ooh. there's a little story yeah, for you. But BJ, make sure throughout the show you stay tuned uh, for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing, Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out competitions. Get Out Stakes competitions. Special Get Out Stakes this week too, isn't it? Special. Special. Yeah. Uh, brave. We'll get to that. <laughs> Bit of housekeeping for everyone. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, uh, jump onto bestbets.com.au and or the Race website. Leg up's has always been out since 7 a.m. this morning. While two of the stars of WA Racing, Terry Layton and Daniel Cripps, they'll be teaming up for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair Hub. That's betfair.com.au. Before we move on to the shout-out to the – uh, how you can find the one one and how you can subscribe, rate, and re- review Terry. Do you want to outline the Young Gun yes. hunting series that we've got coming up? Yes, I meant to do that before. Sorry. So we will be having. We've obviously got Riley Dot uh, Morgan on the uh, on the preview at the minute. Very much looking forward to getting stuck into this card. Um, in the coming weeks, we'll also have Tommy Johnston and we will have Latham Anderson too. 
very astute young men, three very astute young men, um, who were very excited to be coming on board. What we're going to do as well, just to keep it interesting, over the next seven weeks, um, we plan on having one on every three weeks, so it'll last for the seven weeks, is we're going to have a little bit of a, uh, a competition between the three young guns. Um, prize TVA, I dare say it'll be a Betfair pack and something from all of our sponsors. We might also chuck in a couple of hundred dollar free bet to the winner. But they're going to have 100 fake dollars to basically bet every week. Um, maximum three bets. Prices recorded on Betfair SP. Winning total at the end of the seven weeks wins. That simple. BJ. Are we keeping a running total on Twitter? We will keep a running total. I think on the Sunday or the Monday we'll, we'll lob them up. We'll tag the three of them in and um, we'll keep a running tally. So if someone jags one early, the other two lads have already sent theirs through to me. Um, so if somebody jags, a, I really hope somebody, and I know a couple of them, uh, Tommy's actually gone for a couple at a price. Uh, if he jags one early and sort of lobs the rest of you as a thousand bucks behind or something early, we might see some fireworks. I want to see some fireworks from the kids there. I want to see them just going. But there's, uh, you've had a bit of experience with the State of Origin series with a yeah. couple of uh, couple of the other states <clears throat> getting some big price winners up. Just got you off the bridle, didn't it? You well, and yeah, we had tactics going into it. We were, I think we were stiff. I think like our first seven bets ran second or something. Like, and the problem is with the way the way Crip punts and the way we sort of came about and the way we did it, we everything we were backing was starting half the price bet fair SP. So it's up to the lads whether they want to consider horses that will start good prices bet fair SP and stay away from data horses. I don't know. It's yeah, each their own. That, that's probably the most difficult part of it and um, is having to take your bet fair SP rather than to lock in that fixed price on the Thursday. But so. the three bets allows bat on ball value and uh, something you know something in between as well. Exactly so right. you can you can showcase whatever you like, or you can just. I think a lot of the time you better off just whacking your hundred bucks on something at two dollars fifty. You think you've got a good thing for the day. It's, or, it's, it's all about the card. It's all about the card. What you like. Or just hundred wins new had in the last. Well, we'll get to that. Makes sense. That'd we'll be. That. Do you know what that type of bet that would be? That'd be a brave bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now uh, let's get cracking on scenic blast stakes day. As always, we like to pontificate and uh, hypothesize like about the weather and the wind, cold rails, hot rails. Pontificate. Yeah. You know that one? Never heard that. No, in my neither life. do I. Did I just like to think I've did I just make that up? Grasping, Grace. Are you <laughs> reasonable, <laughs> reasonable grasping of the uh, the, the English, English language, but yeah. uh, pontificate. I really like that word. I'm mm. actually going to just jot that. Did you find it in the dictionary though? Yeah. Well, I don't think so. The BJ dictionary. Um, or is that is that describing Paul Harvey? Pont <laughs> yeah. Pontificate. <laughs> Might be something for later in the day. Maybe like uh, a little bit. Amelia's contraire. Yeah, Amelia's gets a bit of pontification. Quite contraire. Will we? Um, we're discussing pattern now. Hot, 35 oh. degrees. Winds easterly, yeah. but turning south to southeasterly during the afternoon. Good for um, rail in the true position, which is probably the major piece of the puzzle, Guru. Yeah, yeah it's it's funny. How do you how do you do you record track patterns? Do you are you, do you try and some people like to stay away from that completely in regard and not have a clouded mindset going into it. I can see the benefits in that. Um, but how do you go about that aspect of your funding, Riley? <clears throat> well, I've had a look at the conditions and I sort of take track data for how they all play in a spreadsheet yep. just so I can keep keep track of it. And when the rail goes to the true, what from what we've seen this season, doesn't stray too far from the usual ascot pattern, which is mm -hmm. you want to try and lean on speed early in the day before it eventually starts to even out progressively as the day goes on. Mm -hmm. And with those easterlies dropping off in the afternoon, probably towards the back end of the card, you might see a few more coming from behind. Yep, and the bigger fields as well, pattern established. Um, it sort of allows for hotter tempos and horses to run on. Interesting with the easterly, we, we associate the easterly long term with there being um, a major on-speed bias, but the last two easterlies have um, the tracks played pretty fairly. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, about 
uh, I'm got in front of me a month, six weeks ago. We were at the True. We were near identical wind conditions. It was a hot day and it played really quite fairly. It actually played basically exactly as Riley said. Early in the day, um, you wanted to be nearer to the speed. But as it progressed, it did not play like the usual easterly back to the True. So, don't know. I don't want to throw the, all the data out that we've compiled with the easterlies over the journey. But I do think we need to be looking for a relatively um, fair track for the day, I reckon. Mm, might might be time to check in with Chris Nation one week soon just to fit, work out whether there's uh, any changes being made to the preparation of the track. Maybe a new fertiliser perhaps, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's borrowed Bunbury's uh, set, has he? <laughs> Let's go. Race one is the Tab Touch Westby Platinum Maidens. We are the biggest advocates here at the 114 Maidens on a Saturday and it's just fantastic to see another one kicking off just the program. Just there's no cutaway, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that would, that's all we need. That would, that would have uh, had me steaming, that's for sure. But um, I went through Riley under the bus, yeah, first yeah, cab yeah, off the ring. Into a maiden? Yeah, kick him, kick him in. Eight races and one of them is a maiden. It's, yep. it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's a flat start. However, can we get off to a fast start with Riley Morgan here on the 1-1? I think we can. BJ, I'm actually pretty keen on one here and I think it might be one of the more well-found horses on the day. And I'm talking about the horse Sikern. Sikern? Sikern, Sikern. We'll go with Sikern. Yeah, I stuck with that early. But, yeah, I just thought debut run over 1,300 at Pinjar, slow away, back at the tail, look for a run between horses, top of the straight, and held up pretty badly when it was really looking for a run. Found some clear air, savaged the line, and I thought his, the way he hit the line that day was really impressive. He's actually run the fastest last 200 split of the entire meeting on debut, which is not something you see too often from a, from a horse having its first start. Um, I think if, he'll, if Boy Hill can find him some cover midfield here, he can get some clear air at the top of the straight. And I just think in this pretty moderate maiden field here, he could be getting the punters off to a flyer. It's pretty uh, bang on there, isn't it? The big thing Sishern has, Sishern, I can't guess I'm trying to look up. Sikern, I don't know. I've got no idea. The big, the big thing that Ryan Hillsmount here has um, in his favour, apart from being the most eye-catching of the runs last start, is he's a point of difference runner against a bunch of bunch of battlers that have all had their chances, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, Molly McGee um, does a lot wrong. He's currently a second favourite. The shades go on. What about, the, what about the gear changes? Might like? be more aggressive. Big gear change. One eyed, one eyed. With the one eyed going on, yeah. he, he did a he did a bit wrong last start, or I should say, she did a bit wrong last start. Molly, sorry, Molly. And, and um, sorry, and sorry to interrupt you, Terry. No, and, it's fine. and bubble cheeker, bubble cheekers on as well. I hate a bubble cheeker. I absolutely hate a bubble cheeker. So um, my knowledge of the exact use of the bubble cheeker is basically to stop a horse from um, laying in, hanging out. Um, but the idea of a horse doing something wrong, copping a little. A little uh, a nip, would you say, BJ? A little nip on the inside part. And I, I, I'm not big on the bubble cheeker as a gear change. For me, it's up there with um, it's up there with bar plates. To be honest with you, it obviously doesn't mean there's anything physically wrong with the horse. It's a, well, it's just a racing mannerisms type thing and trying to correct it. But yeah, it's something I've um, I've never been big on when I see the old B B cheeker go on. But um, yeah, and no, I'm I'm basically with with Riley here rather than carrying on for too long. So Shern's your point of difference runner. My big worry is though the as we've just touched on easterly early in the day Correct. can be difficult to make some ground so if ryan hill ends up well out the back and a horse like molly mcgee does find the front softly even the one that's come up a price for me is petit la femme bj am i any chance of getting petit la femme to the breeze here have you yeah, got, have yeah. you got her in the breeze that's where i'm at to. okay so fr from the breeze she's the value runner i'd missed a kite leading 
You had Mr. Kite leading. I had Mr. Kite as probably the surpriser who could yeah, surprise. Okay. Mm. You think Mr. Kite might fly to the front there, BJ? Wasn't uh, wasn't Lakdar's finest ride when he parked him three deep, no cover out at Northern that day. Okay. Over the and there thousand. was some, and there, it was in the market too. I'm pretty sure it was in the market. Yeah. And I thought that he trailed up like a like a nice horse before that, prior to that run. So. Mm. You go no, back I, just, just on paper, three-length schoolhouse rock, 4.8, like a Jaguar. Doesn't read too poorly for a race of this nature, does it? The, the thing a 4.4 shock result, sorry. Buddy. The thing with uh, Zajern or Ryan Hill's mount uh, in the first uh, is that exactly what Terry said. He wouldn't want to get too far out of his ground on um, rail true, uh, wind, wind possibly favouring the on-speed brigade. Uh, in saying that, if you... If you think what about moi is a winning chance later in the day in the uh, in the graduation Do you handicap? Know favorite horse that is? It's Shannon Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boom boom, guru on fire. I don't even have that free flag. That's just that's just going to me. If you like what about moi, then you have to like Sashen because their runs. Were, it isn't fair if not. Yeah, is it? That's right. <laughs> their runs were. were basically identical um, in that in that same race. So um, I'm with Riley. I had Zajern. Uh, I need your prices, lads. I had Zajern with a two in front of it, actually. Two fifty. Two dollars ten for me. So two dollars ten, two dollars fifty. I actually I was three bucks in a ninety percent market. So back to the hundred, it's two seventy. Um, and I've probably been a bit harsh on that purely because of the pattern we discussed yeah. earlier. So look the bet for me and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to tipping uh, with my value here. I think Sajern's the one to beat obviously but Petit Lafemme HY. I've got I've got her seven bucks. So one more at 13 bucks. one more horse I just wanted to make comment on. Dead I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure I didn't think you'd declare that again oh, this week. <laughs> No, nah, I just wanted to make a little <laughs> quick mention. I'm not sure where he's at at the moment and he has had plenty of chances, but if you go back through his maiden form, Drama Free mm. has run second to Group 1 winner Elite Street and second to dual black type winner Money Matters and that sort of form, if he can rediscover that, would probably be good enough to win here. But off Did that, excuses last time? Just pulled too hard, got, mm, got in between runners and never settled, turned it up. Never settled in the run. Up, yeah. And it was probably a little unlucky not to have finished closer to Tovarik. Tobrick yeah. last start, but the start prior over the thousand. So oh, I reckon Dra drama again as well. Yes, did drama free and pattern. talent are almost in the same mm. basket for mine. They've got the talent, but they're just um, hard to back. Yeah, mm. no drama free. Well, drama free's best run probably wins the race. It's probably that simple, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's, just, that's what Riley's yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Sashun for the lads. If you look for a bit of value, Petit Lafemme finding the breeze with Maddie on. I, I always like it early in the day, especially with the fifty-three. Um, Petit yeah. Lafemme. I thought Petit Lafemme's last run down the straight. Just when you're doing your replays, honestly, have a look at horses. Four or five lengths off the four or five horse lengths off the uh, horse widths, I should say, off the rail. It is it is quicksand out there. Anything yeah. that makes a little bit of ground down that part of the track, it's a super super run. You could beat in five six lengths and still be a great run. It is just so inferior to be in that part of the surface. And I thought Petit Femme showed enough down the straight to be a chance here if we can find the breeze. We find the rail and it's probably all over. Straw poll. Are we for or against straight racing at Pinjara? I love it. Straight four. Big four. Yeah. Point of difference. Some horses, some horses clearly don't yes. handle it, yeah. but I love a straight opinion. Yeah. Basically, when you're doing the form for the straight races, your first thing you go to, and I don't really look at the race book closely all that much, you just go track and distance. If you see a horse that hasn't got the greatest form, but it's drawn the wide, um, drawn wide, and, and it's got a tremendous look at the track and distance, they tend to um, continue to fly there. The, so. the OV8 
The OVA. The OVA. Exactly. Straight 1000. Yes. The royal lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Race two. It's the two-year-old event of the day, wedged in between uh, last week's lead-up to the Magic Moons and next week's Magic Moons two-year-old classic. We have the Crown Perth Plate, 1,100 metres, set weights and penalties, and uh, I think the boys have asked me to take the lead on this one. So I was in very interested, intrigued in the trials of a horse called My Dilemma. Uh, liked its 400-meter trial back in September 21. Thought it uh, it missed the kick with Ben Patterson on board, but still managed to make up ground and, and win the heat. Then uh, its follow-up 400-meter trial after a break on the 11th of January was really, really strong. I think it matched strides with its stablemate, perhaps, Maya Marlena, but traveling very strongly. And then stepped up to its first 1,000-meter trial, Belmont, the 18th of January, Lactar Ramoli ridden very quietly, rode this free very, very quietly. She was a conspicuous last early, um, sort of ducked in, slid up underneath horses, made a quick burst before he uh, uh, asked her to ease down over the last you know, 100, 150 metres, went to the line with plenty in the tank. Now, most people will be operating around Amelia's chant and uh, talk about you. They are the market leaders and um, obviously Amelia's chant Blinkers go off after she was a uh, she just put, she just over over revved in front for William Pike in the race one by top of the mountain on the sixteenth of January and prior to that start uh, prior to that race beginning talk about you were scratched at the gates when he uh, he got away from handlers um, it's about even money at that stage as well yeah so um, so most people will be operating around those two and the market suggests what have we got at the moment Millie's chant two sixty and three fifty. Uh, however, and however, I think my dilemma is uh, the the um, is the fresh horse on the scene is the one that may I thought may have slid under the guard of the market makers, but I see that she's gone up a seven fifty chant. But not many people are riding better than Lactar Ramoli at the moment. I think that uh, three kilo claim is a gift. Has the has the gate speed to hopefully come across and maybe settle midfield. The likes of Millia's chant and talk about you uh, going at each other up in front could set it up for something to, to blouse them late. So I'm going to go for the lightweight debutante, My Dilemma. I think it's trials have been super. And I've just, just got a few queries about the, the two main fancies, Amelia's chant and uh, and talk about you. But um, uh, for me, I'm looking at My Dilemma, Brock Luthwaite, Lactar, Ramoli in the same colours that My Demi wore to victory in the Batavia Sprint a couple of Sundays ago. Riley. Nah, I don't really have a big opinion here on the two-year-olds. <laughs> I just sort of hope they all go around and have fun. Yeah, just to enjoy them. So anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, oh. oh, hard to forgive. Amelia's chant on that run, blinkers off, probably take a sit. Um, I, don't, I know that Marty's got a very big opinion to talk about you. So that's probably the way I would be uh, I'd be leaning or looking, but um, no, I'd be I'd be listening to BJ in this race, probably over us too, I'd say. I think BJ's the king of the kids. Interesting, interesting to see they've taken the blinkers off Amelia's chant. So as Terry sort of um, was guiding us towards, does that mean talk about you comes across and rails in front and Amelia's chant stalks? Or does it mean that Amelia's chant still wants to hold the rail in front and make the hardest to beat work outside of her? I think they'd be happy to hand up. I think they'd be happy to, but it doesn't mean they will hand up. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that Marty will be very aggressive. Totally. Uh, their tactics will be very aggressive. We'll talk about you. Yep. Um, Grant and Shady's got race experience, but I thought um, had every chance to get past top of the mountain last start. <laughs> no, so, um, race rated terribly as well. Yeah, it did yeah, Shocking. incredible how badly that rated. But, um, yeah, Grant and Shady never looked like getting past the top of the mountain. So Yeah. So no, not going to. Never, no, 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 no,
Look, no one's going to have a little nibble on that one, are they? <laughs> uh, at top of the mountain, had every chance last week and didn't back up either. So um, for me, my dilemma, I was hoping for more like double figures, but uh, Bradbet has uh, has obviously enjoyed its trials as much as I have. So mm-hmm. 750 at the moment, but that was my uh, sort of outside the main the main brigade. That was the one that I found on top. My dilemma. 750 around the traps as well, BJ. The scratching of mega reward as well has just come through. So, um, yeah, a uh, few people have seen what you've clearly seen there. On to race three. Now, this is a good little race to decipher, to dissect. I reckon we'll see some varying opinions here. Um, a couple of up-and-comers as well as a returning star um, before she sets over east. It's the Glenroy Shaft Plate. Over the 1,100 metres, uh, the three-year-olds, set weights plus penalties. Kiss on all four cheeks as the horse uh, is the uh, the filly I speak of. I think this will be her run one. Uh, one run. We had Danny Morton on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Kiss on all four cheeks is joining Elite Street on the journey over east. So I dare say this will be like a, a trial for that to some degree. Make sure she's happy, gets around safely. Um, they'll clearly be looking to win. And, and from a speed map point of view, I reckon she'll probably get a chance to win um, with a fair amount of tempo in this. But I reckon people at the 250 type mark from barrier 10 for a horse will probably be going back to last and horse welfare will probably be the biggest. Big, big prep ahead. Big prep ahead. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I think there'll be people looking to get her beaten. Riley, are you one of them? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, Sort of gives me the vibe. It's just a pipe opener. Obviously, it's going to be a, a prep run for those targets that she has over East. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I don't think they're going to give her a gut buster off, a, off an eight-week fresh in here. So I think more than likely, Brad's just going to drop her out to last and Danny will be happy if she hits the line really well mm-hmm. with not a genuine intent of winning the race. I mean, if she does get in that three-wide moving line with cover and they go at each other out in front and she runs on well down the outside, she's probably every chance of winning. But I can't have her at $2.40 from that mm-hmm. barrier. Her, her class is going to take her a long way, but 240, gate 10 with a huge, uh, with a flight and then a huge, you know, Melbourne, you know, black type preparation ahead. Thin, isn't it? Yeah. It's a thin number. It's a take on job, isn't it? She's, it is a take on job. Yeah. I see, I'm, I'm personally looking at potentially attacking this race in a different way where I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for a bet fair price. I think that it's mad she's getting in with 58 and a half and a horse like all day sessions carrying 58, considering what Kiss and all four cheeks has done in her uh, in her career comparatively. The set weights and penalties in these type of races really, really set it up for these type of runners. Um, but but I'm, I'm going to be wanting to see something significantly longer. I'm mean, talking if she drifts out to a $4.20 type mark, 450. If there's big money in the boat, who's obviously, there's big spruits around, never been defeated in a trial or a race. Um, yeah, I, I just think if, if there's a wild, wild, wild drift here and we haven't seen it, if we've seen some ground made in race one and two, um, I'm not going to be afraid to follow a wild drift on Betfair here. Out to what What sort of – what I'd want, want four. I'm talking a wild drift. I'd wild. want 450. I've got 450. Yeah, I'd you, want 450. You know, she she has been a wild drifter on occasions. We'll probably get wild. 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> probably get triple figures. Oh, especially if the leaders are winning early. Like it's uh, – then the, the map makers come into play, don't they? they? It do, well, it does depend how they're winning the leaders yep. as well. Though it's more, it's not just about if they're winning, it's about horses that should be making. So we'll be able to tell early on, I think, with the horse that Riley was very keen on in race one with Shishun. Yep. Say Shishun does settle near last. 
if, if we see um, her get um, him, sorry, get wide and not make the ground we're expecting this type of race, straight away you start having queries on, oh, hang on, do you need to be forward and yeah. and closer to the rail to win races? So you want to monitor that horse. You want to monitor – it's harder in the two-year-old race because you don't know who you're expecting to make the ground. Yep. Um, but it's more about how horses run. It's not always about where they're winning from. It's about how they're running. Um, also the S- SPs. Yeah. SPs. Yeah. to the SP. Comparative to the SP, that's what yep. I want to say. So. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm – Pretty indifferent here in the, in the boat. I, I read your, uh, I read the leg up, BJ. Already, I've had a little, just a little peer at this particular race. I was interested in your thoughts. You've got in the boat, finding the top here, yeah, and comfortably, yeah. No worries. Uh, Some worries on Eugene. No, no worries. Vain no Tempest. Worries. No worries. Uh, I reckon after on last Eugene's start, no concern. After sure. after last start, I think they'll be they'll be eager to uh, get a smother with Vain Tempest. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Vane Tempest, if Pikey gives it a squeeze out the gates, he probably won't be able to hold it. <laughs> like it just mm. took off like a rocket for Ryan Hill the other day and then was just running on empty late. I was criticised for that ride a fair bit on uh, on Twitter for what I saw. I thought he was probably a touch harsh to cop it as he did. I think he was trying to keep a hold of it. I think he knew that, um, that Vane Tempest was just fairly fierce. He an experienced horse. He yeah, was, was slow away and then yeah. he had to click it up to to roll forward and then just took charge. I reckon he gets criticised heavier if after being slowly away, he probably takes a hold and rides it with cover. So yeah. Ryan Hill was on a bit of a hiding to nothing. Who rode the there. winner? That was Hannah. It's Hannah Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, know, don't know if she did it on purpose or or not, but she just did enough to keep him out there. To keep him yeah. out there at a vital stage of the race and it just cooked him late. Mm-hmm. But um, now for me, I think in the boat crosses and, and leads, I think Paul, yep. Paul, Paul Harvey will uh, be very uh, keen to cross to the rail in front and, and uh, yeah, and follow that hard up along the along the rail. Oh, I mean, it, it canted in, I said in the leg up, it canted in on debut at Bunbury, but that was on the 30th of December. It's been scratched twice. One was a future nomination. One was due to a stable mishap, whatever, whatever that means, which is never ideal. And I suppose that's why we're looking at what four dollars at the moment in the boat. Yeah, I had slight hiccup as yeah. a little bit of a query, yeah. and I sort of agree with you mm-hmm. in the fact that I think Harvey is has to try and cross. Mm-hmm. But there is, a, oh, there is that chance that Starfield Impact and Vane Tempers make it life probably a little bit more difficult for that runner as what would probably be ideal. But the way Vane Tempest is jumping, if she jumps how she did last start, then that shouldn't be a problem because yep. in the boat's shown some really good gate speed early on. Good point. Yep, she certainly has. And, um, I, and I think after Starfield Impact led and popped first up, that perhaps um, our man Magic Mike and uh, Lucky Lactar will be looking just to uh, follow the leader, leaders back perhaps. Yes, follow the leader. Uh, in the boat as well, it's hard to, you don't really want to go too deep into form lines through trials and main victories, but I mean, Hot Z won by about three or four midweek and Sutton Black who in the boat beat in, um, in his trial before debuting, Sutton Black came out, sat deep the trip and um, and won on debut as well. So there, there, there is, it hasn't been just beating up on um, total crap. It's been beating, it's been beating up on pretty crap, but not total crap. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, in, in the boat's really, really untapped in that sense. Yeah. And, and Bezos map does make complete sense. And the way we're talking with Vane Test, uh, Tempest taking a sit, especially with W Pike going on, that's probably his strength to take a hold of a horse more so. Um, yeah, with the Easterly in play, could be very, very difficult to beat. So, I, d- um, I just thought if he if he turns turns up, uh, month between runs, stable mishap, has to be some you know some, some yeah, queries some sort of there, query. and which is probably built into the current price. That was who do you mark favourite? I marked in the boat. Favorite, favorite did yeah. you? Yeah. What a price for your kiss on all four checks? Uh, I had kiss on all four checks, five dollars. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll say something wild. Brad went up $1.85. I know. Yeah, so, very yeah. short. Yeah. A very skinny. Respect. A lot of respect. A lot of respect. Very skinny. Wasn't he, wasn't get, he wasn't getting um, – what was it? Last of the last, line. Last of the line. Last of the He wasn't getting last of the line on that one. No, yeah. he certainly wasn't. So, um, Riley, do you, is there one you like that? Give us one at a price. There's something you can find at a quote for us here. There is one that has come up over my price mm-hmm. and I took a slice of the $18 that went up this morning and that is all day session from Ash Maley's yard. I just thought it was a really big run last start out of that um, magical dream plunge race where it went around at about $1.30, yep. almost mm-hmm. winks odds. And um, it was a little bit slow away, probably a bit slower than we're used to seeing him. It was probably a pair back than what would have been ideal. Found a bit of a wall once he turned for straightening and once he did get out with about 200 to go, I really liked the way he hit the line. And he gets Chris Parnham on here for Mitch Payman, who Chris obviously really thrives on horses that sit off the speed. So I think he can sit a pair closer here. And I also had a big opinion on the run of Divine Beast as well. But I thought Divine Beast sat in the 1-1, got a beautiful run, gave a nice kick and was probably just blouse late by a really good one. Mm-hmm. But I think if you swap the runs and you swap all-day session jumps a bit better from five, could probably hold out Divine Beast from six and maybe get a better run in transit. All-day session would have been finishing alongside Divine Beast or even beating that runner. And you got $16 compared to... 550 it's available now that's bang on i love that's one thing i actually thoroughly enjoy what we're doing before was just <clears throat> comparative odds you look at two runs you look at what changes for the horses in running and sort of why is one horse 16 dollars one horse five dollars realistically there's concerns um about all day session out of the gates and, and how far back he gets but chrissy parnham going on um i personally thought there was absolutely nothing between the two runs of all day session and divine beast so that should be a far tighter i expect to see divine beast drift i'd say divine beast will probably get out to 10 bucks or so by the time they uh, end up going around then all day session um do you reckon in the boat starts favorite Ah, uh, big chance, yeah. Big, big, chance. big chance. Yeah. There's, there's a big, big chance. This could be Kiss on All Four Cheeks' biggest drift yet. Yeah. Um, this could percentage-wise. Ab- <laughs> this could be, oh, percentage-wise, this will be. This will yeah. be. Uh, yeah, she she well could be out of the absolute door here. Um, yeah, I, I reckon I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna back in L. Smith PRV in the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon, obviously, Kiss on All Four Cheeks, clearly the best horse in the race. But in the in the boat, railing out in front could nick it, as the guru likes to say. I think Starfield impacts the the one that's well over the odds for one. Oh. Magic. Magic. Starfield impact, Christ. She was, for me. I couldn't get anyone no, near not that. for me. No. no. Yeah, I've got I've got auto session marked nine dollars and the three dollars sixty the play sixteen dollars a win yeah. that you're currently seeing. That's an easy each way investment for me. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm gonna um, Seeing as I'm basically trying to move all my punting to Betfair these days, I'm now trying to sort of predict market movements and what will become value and uh, kissing all four cheeks uh, if we see the big drift, $4.55 plus, which I know is a long way from the current price, but um, I reckon we'll see this wobble. And uh, as BJ said, I think that um, In The Boat will likely start your favourite. Sorry, just before we move on from this race, quick comment, Vain Tempest. What is she? What? What's, what is she? Is she? Yeah, I, I horses that go very quick in trials and win in good times and mm-hmm. just spear away in steel races. When you come to proper horse racing against good horses, you pressure. Can't, you can't, pressure. pressure, you pressure. can't do that. Yep. You can't just be a Freddie front runner. And I think um, Vane Tempest is one I've marked close to 20 bucks. So. I think we'll get a good guide with Pike on from a low draws to yep. exactly uh, what type of quality thoroughbred we're talking about here. Exactly. Big test for acid test it's for just another element to this race. Though. It's just that's why it's got so many sort of, I mean, that, that could absolutely turn up. Iron Sharp is going to go around at a million to one here. It's yep. a 
yeah. horses started very short in the majority of his, uh, in her races and um, in his races, sorry. And we know that Simon Miller's got a big opinion of him. So this race does have quite a few little, um, just a lot of nuances and a lot of uh, points of difference. Okay, race four is the All Flags Sign and Banners Handicap. 1,400 metres, 71 plus, and the horse that I just referenced before. Last of the line, dominates the market as expected. He uh, actually, $1.90 uh, at the moment is the best available. A surprise? $1.75 earlier today. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, he's... He's, uh, he looks fairly uh, fairly progressive. Um, uh, we, we touched on this and um, discussing this. It might be in the Wild West actually with Crip and he only won by a length over Toll Man, but he felt like he could have won easier. Like he just he just got done. He just got it done what he needed to. Ryan he'll sort of sat up late. Look from the gate. Doesn't he just get every chance again? And doesn't he just look super hard to beat again, guys? Super hard to beat. Um, I was. Um I came up dollar sixty last of the line. Yeah. Don't see bad. You drop up to I know. sixes. I know. I was just I just put a line through so many of the other horses that to fill fill my hundred percent I just had to just he just that's where he ended up. What did you have him, Terry? I had him actually I had him a bit longer actually. Yeah. I had him two dollars fifteen because yeah. I've got plenty of respect for um I think one Riley we'll be touching on in a second is Red Publisher. Yeah. Um Pikey going on this type of horse. Yeah. Like, look what Pikey's done when he jumped on an old boy like Friar esque. Yeah. Look what Bradwell Willer did when he jumped on a horse like Red Publisher. Um mm. the last run of Red Publisher, the fact it's not in the stewards report suggests that some of the stewards aren't doing their jobs. Uh, it's 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 borderline. Well, it isn't borderline. It's it's flat out pathetic that they're not in the stewards report from last start. Couldn't believe that there was nothing there in oh, the stewards it, report from that from that run. It's nearly impossible to miss. If if Jade pulls to the outside of Son of a God, it wins by two lengths. Wins the race. Mm. It doesn't just and then not only did she cost herself the race, Jade on Red Publisher, but she's then laid in on Dig Deep, who would have also won the race. But I dare say that Red Publisher was actually going better than us. Yeah. So we probably would have run second. Um, it's, it has to be seen to be belayed. Pikey going on this type of horse, this is your genuine plus three length. That's what Pike's worth on this type of horse from there. The problem is three back defence, last of the line, a head start, last of the line, probably more upside. Um, and that's what concerns me here. That's Market where, is basically back on line. Well, that's where I have a query about the uh, horse that you've got mapped in front of Red Publisher on mm -hmm. the fence, and that's Bow Count. Bow Count traditionally hasn't, hasn't gone forward first up at times. I know that. They haven't been anywhere near as aggressive when it's fresh as they are progressively as it gets through its prep. Mm -hmm. So if they aren't, if I've actually got last if Whining's if Whining's not aggressive here, I think Pike. If Pike's able to hold up leaders back here on the rail, it's game on. Has oh, to be game if, on. If, if Pikey's if Pikey's on the back of the um, Wacken Tanker, they should yeah. probably cross and find yeah, the top. I've, got I've actually got tanker. last of the line leaders back. Um, I agree with you. Bow count traditionally goes back first run every prep. Um, so. Look, if, and that probably, you probably wouldn't, if you're backing Red Publisher, you'd probably be pretty excited to see Red Publisher on the back of last of the line, knowing that, hang on, if they're sprinting from the same spot, even though he has to give up two and a half kilos, Pikey can lift these type of horses. So I was hoping the market gave me something here. I was hoping I'd see 260 last of the line, or I was hoping I'd see 750 Red Publisher. Unfortunately, he's about, bang he's bang on. on his right price at the yeah, moment for me. Yeah, he's bang on. And if, if the money does come hard, like we saw last of the line last start, again, you might see a seven, eight bucks. You could just about see an eight each way price if that's how people punt. See a little 220, 230 for a place. So, um, but yeah, if you watch the last start of Red Publisher, it's it's hard not to consider him as a betting proposition. It was a very hard watch when you consider that the eventual winner of the race, She's a Light, took the run that Red Publisher should have. Yeah, and if you take away Red Publisher's second last run, he's absolutely flying. Yeah, flying. Prep, isn't he? absolutely I, flying. He's at the moment. just yeah, the old boy. He's in as good as form. He's 108 starts now. He's yeah, in as good as form as he's been in. I think so. Dairy, 
Yeah. Nine-year-old Terry yeah. backed him in a Carrickana plane. And did one of my favourite stories, actually. Yeah. One of my first all-in bets, about 400 to one, led on the turn. I was pretty excited. So anyway, that didn't end well. But uh, yes, last of the line, Red Publisher, I've got him, as I said, about two bucks versus 480. So the current market is uh, it's pretty much bang on for me. Phone me. Phone me will be better ridden colder, I think. Yes, very much better ridden colder. Victim of circumstance last start when he, nothing else really wanted to lead and he yeah. sort of found himself out in front. I agree. Imagine they missed it. Yeah. yeah. But um, the but one first, I don't think did, we can forget. Did, did want to, wasn't like Chrissy was um, having an easy time out in front. Really. He, got him, he got him marching yeah. on phone me too. Yeah. He got him really yeah. marching. So gets, his run was pretty good. Gets two kilos, out, two kilo swing on zone. last of the line. Two yeah. kilo swing on the fave. So I think phone me. Despite not being overly confident of his chances, as I prefer Red Publisher and Last of the Line at five dollars, he's still over my price. Mm-hmm. I've taken Phone Me on a little bit here. I've got Cryptic Love shorter than Phone Me. I just think if you're going to win like that over fourteen hundred meters, I know we got the we Maddie got the dream run through on the rail. Christy goes on, arguably rides these horses a little bit better than Maddie. If you're talking a small eight horse field, they're bunching and they're all sprinting. Okay, put all the horses in a line at the two hundred and they're sprinting. Who wins the race home, BJ? Cryptic Love probably. Yeah. Doesn't, t- doesn't t- yeah. Just the way this race could pan out, uh, I've still got Cryptic Love eight, nine bucks. I haven't got a super thin in my market. If they're all sprinting from the same spot, you know, races can turn out whack and tanker and war god from the grease. They're stopping at everything else. Last of the line, Red Publisher get held up for a second. Cryptic Love's next thing you know is alongside of them and they're all sprinting together. Cryptic Love's pretty hard to beat from that spot. So race shape can change everything here. So oh, I'm pretty happy staying out as I probably should have said at the start. Okay. Last line for me, I think he just wins. Very progressive horse, uh, potential star in the making, red publisher, the obvious uh, hardest to beat, I think, after we've discussed that, right? And the wizard goes on board. Yep, I'm with red publisher. I think we can get the favourite beat at short, short odds. All right, it's time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Let's see uh, how Riley goes here, eh? All right, I think Riley might be a bit – how old are you, Riley? Just I'm 20. 20. So a bit out of my, bit out of my uh, yeah, age bracket, right, this one, okay. I think. Did you, I was going to say, did you drive here or you still haven't got your license? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the bus pull up before. <laughs> Who are these smart, smart riders? riders. <laughs> smart riders. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, very funny. Yeah, it's good old, stuff. Old people, old, old people joke. Um, at least we didn't say multi-rider, but uh, anyway. That's right. The Mundaring, oh, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor Say good day and let him know that you are a one-one listener. Feed, flutter, frothies, Butchie's big deck. It's all happening <laughs> up at the Mundaring. So congratulations to episode 60, WA Racing Mastermind winner, Matt Price. Matt Price has won a few times. He Come on down. Obviously enjoys a uh, Sunday uh, session up at the Mundaring. So congratulations, Matt. That $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Okay, so being Scenic Blast Stakes Day, let's take a trip down memory lane with our Scenic Blast-themed mastermind questions. So you need to answer the following three correctly. Question number one, only two jockeys won races on Scenic Blast. Stephen Arnold and who? Guru's off to a flyer. Question number two, in what state of Australia, like just remembering Scenic Blast raced uh, across Australia. So they had two jockeys. No, two winning jockeys. Oh, two winning jockeys. Yeah. So still, that's a... Yeah. Scenic Blast raced across Australia, UK, Hong Kong, Japan, America, back to Australia. Question, in what state of Australia did Scenic Blast have his final start in May 2012? And it wasn't 
Western Australia. No, no, he would have been rated to, oh, he could have gone to a late for age race, but. Question three, Sydney Blast trainer Dan Morton, he was on the 1-1 a few weeks ago. So what horse did Dan Morton saddle up to win the 2016 Scenic Blast Stakes? It was then known as the Australia Day Stakes. Later went on to win a Mungrub Sprint. Should know that. I should be better than this. Uh, it's, um, you got the, got the first two right. Going good. Haven't put pen to paper yet for the third one. I'll leave that one with me. Okay. Leave that with me. All right. It's going to percolate on that one. So to be crowned this week's mastermind, please ah. send your entries in to at the one one pod. Direct message us at the one one pod on Twitter. All three correct, and you can be in the running for that one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring and. Yes, the guru. Three from three. He's back. He's back, Pontus. So that is, good. That, is the, uh, that is the mastermind wrapped up for episode 61, Terry. All right. Let's get into the back half of this card. I think the back half of the card provides um, some deeper fields, a little bit more to dissect. So I'm looking forward to the final four races here, the, the quadrilla. But uh, you're a brave man if you're, uh, if you're finding one um, with a super amount of confidence here, Riley. We've got the C-Corp handicap over the mile. We've got a few visitors from the country. We've got what about Moy coming from a maiden victory up to <laughs> the mile? What about Moy? Moy. Catherine Kim's horse. Um, we've got we've got Bentley's brother and recapitulate who are flying in Esperance, uh, flying in uh, Albany when they go there as well. Uh, Seminole Braves drawn poorly, beat the bell. going to be back last. Wine Knights query at the mile. JT Warwick seems to have uh, found the key to safe to make up. He has, but drawn the car park. And then you've got uh, Classy Macro, who I, I think is. Uh, uh, went up. So this is one of Brad's rarities where he chucks a roughy up at the uh, a bit of a quote. Went up at the twenty odds this morning. I think most people had something on when uh, if they possibly could. But uh, where are you leaning, and where does the value currently sit for you here, Riley? It's a market that's changed a lot since it's opened. So now you've got to sort of move with that. Five value. five to one the field. Six dollars. Yep. Six dollars yeah. the field. So that just uh, says it all, really. Riley, yeah, it was it a, was a race where I was trying to look to find some value here. Hopefully, maybe back. Two or three runners on Betfair late and sort of look for a price or even back them early if I found a price this morning, which we did obviously with Classy Macro going up a very long price and it's now into $7.50, which has been someone's had a fair slice of that. But I have marked $4 favourite on top. I'm with Seminole Brave here. Um, went up $9 this morning, which was well and truly enough for an each way investment for me. Has been pretty unlucky, I think, this prep. Um, last start, O'Donnell from Barrier 4 somehow managed to find himself four deep, no cover after about 200 metres and decided to uh, snag him back, probably a bit further back in the field than he probably wanted to be. And he has finished off extremely well and has hit the line side by side with a couple of horses, Giant Leap and the Fagazzi, who would be much shorter odds in a field like this. Although he has drawn 12, uh, there's not a whole lot of speed drawn underneath here. And he doesn't actually step badly at all. He actually steps quite well mm. as a horse and has shown in the past that he can step well. So I think if O'Donnell, who has been somewhat hard for me to trust lately, if he can uh, get him out with a bit of aggression here early, I think he can probably find a spot close to the speed with some cover if he can get across without burning too much petrol and he could be hard to beat. Jam him in there, Riley. Go on. You, you, know, you know you want to You're do gonna it. You're going to give him the 1-1. <laughs> You're going to give him the 1-1. I have got Seminole Brave mapped in the 1-1 one, one Jam him in there. See, he, he was born to be on the 1-1 one, one, this guy. All I can tell you, if, if you get Seminole Brave to, uh, to the 1-1 one, one from Barrier 12, then, geez, you're doing very well. The moment Seminole Brave, if, if Seminole Brave does find the 1-1, one, one, the race is over. 
Cactus. Yeah, yeah the race is cactus. Yeah. So um, I've only got Seminole Brave a little bit longer in my market because I've got doubts on that occurring. I think he might be leading up a three wide line or or breezing. Uh, I think he's a better horse um, with cover. And I I don't know. I've just got to I've just got to trust to some degree that from Barrier Twelve we're not finding the one one surely. Surely, surely, surely. But um, the horse we touched on, and uh, and Riley mentioned before that he we had a piece of the uh, he had a piece of the, the twenty three bucks this morning. Uh, is classy macro. We're talking eight nine dollars now. It's hard to get as excited about tipping it at the eight nine bucks, isn't it? I mean, seven dollars fifty now. Yeah, it's yeah. There you go, seven dollars fifty. Gee whiz. So I mean, the fifteen, the fifteen or so that it was even afterwards for a while was was a nice enough price to um give him a little bit of a plug the thing with classy macro though and we do need to note his his two best runs and his best form is clearly in the slop um but maddie derrick goes on for for joey as a party they snagged him last start in a race chock full of speed slow away slowly away oh so well they i think they i think yeah, they, were they going, yeah. i think they were gonna snag Same, anyway. seemed like a Pre, yeah, I think, I think they were going to snag anyway. Did flop out a bit. Uh, out of the yeah, gates. did flop out a bit. Either he had, a, he, he either misses or he's had a tight rein. It's, it's one of the two. Um, but he hit the line okay. I don't think Classy Macro is a horse who he's looked the winner a couple of times this campaign when he stopped against Depara three back and then against Beat the Bro two back. But Beat the Bro would be fairly firm in the market here. I would suggest runs like that you're going forward you're going to give a kick you're going to give yourself a chance but there's a bit of and you've got to lack some trust the shorter way getting here i still want to see my nine ten eleven bucks to be having a bet sort of thing you know um and then you're talking recapitulates the other horse that will roll forward uh seminole grove being the third as riley touched on recapitulate it's not often i'd look at a horse coming from esperance and albany into town but he's flying like this bloke is a serious racehorse um, you look at his win three back in a 70-plus at Albany. Those 70-plus races at Albany, they're pretty, they're pretty tough. They're to hard win. to win, yeah. He's managed to settle. He settled back in eighth, about four back the fence, found gaps and one like Winks, one by about four. He usually leads, and that's how he wins the majority of his races. Lactar goes on for Natasha Faithful, so we're getting the three kilos off. We're getting an upgrade in jockey. Look, we don't know how he travels to town. We don't know how he's going to go here, but um, I just think he's, uh, he's racing tough, tough as nails at the moment. So... Look, I'm in a race. I'm devoid of any real confidence. I'm going to back the two horses that I think will go forward. Two claims. Lead and breeze. Lead leaders back. Um, something of that nature. Get about five to one for one of recapitulate or classy macro to win. Something like that will win me. But that's just desperation betting, really. I reckon Eurasia's ready to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three back the fence. That's my biggest fence. Yeah, because the map doesn't step. Yeah, no, I was in my market, but from that map, from gate one, three back the fence, not sure gate one's the right gate for Eurasia for me personally. Yeah, I, I and has I, he come back as good as the horse he was 12 months ago? Is my, I've, don't get me wrong, I've marked Eurasia equal favourite. I've got it at about $7 the field though. Yep. Um, where we got it? Yeah, about 6 $7 the field. So I just think should, I thought his run two back in this grade was, was good. Uh, Probably should have won at Albany last start. Sean McGrady on from gate one. I reckon that they're going to roll along with uh, Recapitulate out in front. I thought he had the marching at Esperance the other day. Lacta rolling, hopefully a uh, bit of bit of space, bit of a uh, few bit of wiggle room there for Sean McGrady to get Eurasia off the fence. I think if he if he can peel out into and balance up into into galloping room, I reckon he can he can launch late and give it a big shake. I reckon this is a really good option for Eurasia. I reckon he's gonna um, run top three at least for sure. Um I yeah, I can only see traffic issues 
Costi, that's, costing that's him, a, costing him a top yeah. three finish. But mm -hmm. for me, I just think that the speed that I'm expecting, I'm I'm thinking Eurasia is just gonna gonna be right in the right spot. I don't think he likes being too close to the lead either. So I reckon even three back defence is probably a, a um no, not a bad um economical spot for him in transit. It'll be interesting to see how those uh, how classy macro and recapitulate do go, especially recapitulate visiting town. Does he give the kick and off he goes and allow that line to open up for horses to get yeah. out? Or is he, as some visitors do, they haven't travelled well, they're, they're just not happy horses and he goes early and it, it suits a horse in a three-wide line or one coming at him late with cover from the 1-1, one -one, like Seven Old Brave, who uh, every time I've taken BJ on about him jamming on into the 1-1, one -one, they've landed 1-1. One -one. So my record suggests you're going to have Seven Old Brave in the 1-1 one -one here, so so you should be happy, man. And then uh, in in play, get on. Oh, in play, if he get does on. get the one one, he yeah, he'd be very hard to beat. But what so. are we doing with uh, what about what about more? Uh, I like what about Mars a horse, and I had a good chat to Stefan um, after the last last week. He's he's very bullish that what about Mars the best horse uh, in his stable, better than Universal Pleasure, who obviously won last Saturday. Um, but for me, there is just too many queries on the fact that he's 1,300 up to a mile. He doesn't step all that well either. So he probably ends up three pairs back. Um, and then there's the added query that um, Paddy's Art and Prize Miss have both come out and run pretty much shockers since. So that form line is a bit of a yeah, query. Correct. On top of the distance rise, on top of the fact that Brad Parnham, and this, this is an odd theory I have, but jockeys returning from injury underneath runners it's just it's it's not ideal because you're coming back and you mentally got to get yourself ready to be back in the saddle so i try and avoid a bit of ring rust perhaps yeah i try and avoid jockeys returning uh from three four back the fence and that's that's nothing it's brad that's any jockey if it was mm. pike name on it it was returning from injury it'd be the exact same thing for me mm. um good to see brad back in it the is saddle. really good to see brad back in the saddle um yeah brad uh, is one of uh one of our top five jockeys in wa comfortably and um yeah he was flying before that uh was. Injury, wasn't he? would have been interesting if lactar was on what about moi too that little bit of that three kilos off from a low draw could have made things very interesting. That was a that's a camp choice as well because um, Brad, Steve, and Chris do all the work for yep. for Steph. I understand so, that. Yeah, um, a bit of a similar setup to I suppose uh, Universal Pleasure yes. last week claim, but um, but he was able to find the front. Whereas this horse is uh, probably not beginning well enough to hold a forward prominent running position. You think? So. Yeah. No, I agree, and uh, just just good luck if you're trying to find the winner. I reckon it's uh, yeah. First leg of the quad too. First leg of the quadie, yes. Well, one of our uh, other tipsters, uh, he's actually had another bet in the race, which we'll talk about at the end uh, at a bit of a price. So I think um, there's I've a, a further opinion. I think my Maddie will be in this race. Yeah, yeah, I do. All right, Probably so so Terry, you're settling on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a Dutch with classy macro and recapitulate. Riley, I think I can have. Seminole Brave and potentially have a bet late on Classy Macro if it gets back out. You can tell that. Uh, I think everyone's tipping Clark. I'm concerned it's going to start like $4.80 or something because <laughs> every man, and it's a data horse too, so I'm a bit concerned it's just going to keep on, they're going to keep on coming. But um, I think you can tell the confidence in the race when we both had to pause before we decide what we wanted <laughs> to. Uh, back there, BJ, your Eurasia? Eurasia for me. Um, I'll Wolfie coming to town. Let's show a bit more confidence. In Did the you, next you had day. a good, get a good yarn to Wolf yeah. after last last Saturday? <laughs> I'd had a couple of froffies by that stage actually, and uh, yeah, so would he. I think, in all fairness, but uh, yeah, no, I did have a good chat to to Wolfie. I'd never actually met Wolfie. Um, uh, in person before, but uh, we had a very entertaining uh, conversation. We had a chance to get Wolfie on the podcast at some stage. No, that, that would be comedy. <laughs> that, yeah. would be, that would be comedy. Yeah. We'd have to, what do you need, that little sensor thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. Beep, beep. <laughs> Don't get him started on the whip rules. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to choose not to comment here. Race six, the James Squire um, over the 1,200 metres. 
this is an interesting race. Um, first of all, guys, I want to just inquire map-wise, uh, Riley. We've got Excellent Dream, Agent J going forward. They're your obvious two, probably lead and breeze. Probably coming across, yes. I want to know weapon son here. Are you because it's a horse that we've seen win from last this prep? We've seen lead and win this prep. Are they going to jag or are they going to say let's roll the dice and go forward? I think because I know who that runner's got inside inside her him not sure him inside him. Yeah, I yeah. think that I thought he hit the line really nicely last start from from a colder position in running. So I think that Chrissy Bennett three kilo claimer. You're probably not getting a three kilo claimer on if you want to go back. But mm, they went back last start and they went back four starts ago. It's, it's, an, it's a really interesting. Was it a thousand last start though? It was a thousand last start. Yeah, it was a thousand. Yep. I've got it. I've got it going back. And I think if it does want to go forward, it might be tying up that three wide line. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's it's really, really. I don't think there's, there's not many horses in these restricted grades going better than Weapon Sun at the moment. Flying, isn't it? Some of these runs are just so huge, not drawing gates, making things very difficult. But um, yeah, I, I've got, I'm with you. I've got Weapon Sun going back, um, which to me means excellent dream at Agent J. Control. Can, yeah, yeah, they can just about control this yeah, race, off. I think. Um, this is earlier. Um, I can't remember if we discussed this on air or off air about a horse where you are. Uh, you, uh, you don't usually find that particular horse. That was on here? Off here. That was off here. Yep. Okay. So no one knows what I'm talking about. Even better. Uh, this, is a, this is a horse I found here. Uh, I got it at the head of my market. It's not a horse that I've ever found in the past. Uh, it has a very good record and I wish I had found. Star, um, star Glitter, come on down. <laughs> Your favourite horse. <laughs> star Glitter. It was a that's horrid. A, we had a horrid time. You've never found Star Glitter before, have you? Oh, we found <laughs> I found Star Glitter just not when he's won, unfortunately. So I found him at uh, I found him at eighty eight of his ninety five starts, not the other seven, unfortunately. Um, no, the horse I'm talking about is uh, Agent J. Very simply here, um, his last run. Like, do you know how big that was? Massive. So Sweet Strawberry's got nine and a half lengths above benchmark to the turn. Carlene was forced to cart them up with Sassy Trader on her outside. Um, just the, the legwork that he did while receiving that pressure from Sassy Trader, he was entitled to be beaten a long, long way. I think that cryptic love, Soleil, last of the line, comfort me. Cousin, Cousin Ivan. Cousin Ivan, yeah. Um, Pambella? Pambella, same race? Mm, Maybe not. No, that wasn't Pambella's mm -hmm. race. That was in the, the Quintex King. Yeah. Um, who won that race? Uh, no Surrender. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I just think that form is better. I don't think Agent J is a 1,400-metre horse either. So to put in that type of run at the 1,400 – to me, that's huge. I think Agent J lands in the breeze here. I think Excellent Dream's now reaching a mark type thing. I don't think that Excellent Dream form's lining up all that well either. Um, Stable humming too, S.J. Miller. He, I liked that uh, he could shake off mood swings, so I've got a lot of time for in the breeze. But the horses behind it, it, you've got Luke's Choices run second. Mickey Blue Eyes down the outside came out and did bugger all. The three horses on the fence for line machine. Could argue um, he was ridden upside down though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of us have got the 10 bucks early. Yeah. Uh, we could argue that loudly, I reckon. That was, what were they doing there? What was the thought process? I, I think it was, I don't think it was by design that they led on Mickey, just a touch, but we're talking about Mickey Blue Eyes. Last, Last Saturday, Saturday, Riley mentioned Correct. how, um, like a few of us were quite keen and, uh, or we had something on it, at least I was pretty keen, very poised. Um, but um, they led. Most of us expected. I mean, our biggest concern of the podcast last week was well, not they, not stepping where it ended yeah, up. Yeah, not stepping. So rather than uh, taking it up, so interesting um, from um, just how it unfolded. I guess potentially. I think the horse just began a lot better than they had anticipated. Back to this race. Uh, I think that uh, that form is questionable coming out of that race. So 
I don't know. It comes to a point where a horse eventually reaches his mark, and I think Excellent Dream with a 60 here might be getting pretty close to it. Um, I also think he's a tough – he's a fighter. He's got a bit of the Matty Pritis theory about him. He just plays to the same level no matter where he goes, you know, a bit of the Riley Morgan. The thing <laughs> <laughs> the thing I am concerned with when it comes to Excellent Dream and Agent J mm-hmm. is the thing that – Mood Swings encountered last start. Excellent Dream is a notorious layer outer. And um, if you watch the replay, cornered basically one off and ended up about 12 wide on the uh, at a, when it went past the winning post and gradually edged Mood Swing out. Every time Mood Swings, Troy Turner got into Mood Swings, he looked like he was going to throw down the gauntlet to Excellent Dream. Brad Rewilla just sort of, they just shifted enough ground just to worry Mood Swings out of it. So if, if Agent J sits outside, if Carlene Heffel and Agent J sit outside Excellent Dream in transit, there's every chance that they're going to get carted off in mm. the straight, which leads me – which why I think this is the race for, for mood swings. If Geordie Turner can can wait behind and stalk the two leaders and wait for them to roll off and get that inside gap, I think he can he can sprint through and, and collar both and run down those leaders. What do you think, Riley? Yeah, mood swings is – Broke my heart twice this mm. prep now, and I'm not sure I'm emotionally ready to go again. Sounds like me, doesn't but it? <laughs> I think by far the most intriguing runner in this field is Prince Devoutly mm. with Pikey on. And just touching on your last point, return to racing first up of a 16-month layoff, struggled to go with him early, really pulled its head off in the run as well. But he was absolutely massive the way he hit the line late. Mm. It was the fastest last six and four of the race by a considerable margin. And although you always got to be wary of a horse second up of such a long layoff with those second up blues that can sometimes happen, I think he profiles really well up to 1,200, which is obviously his pet trip off, off that return blowout. He jumped the best he has in his career down at Pinjarra when he actually drew the pin in one. So that's the best in his career that he has jumped from the machines. And that, was, that was his best performance. Yes. Yeah. So if he can jump cleanly this week from barrier one, Hoping he can hold the back of Excellent Dream, and if, as you say, mm. if as you say, Excellent Dream is going to lay off the rail, as he has notoriously done in his career, I think it could open up a beautiful passage for Pikey to get Prince Devatley into the clear and the shortest way home. Mm. He's still only had the six starts and is very much an untapped talent, and I think he will be going very close on Saturday. Yeah, no, it does make complete sense. Um, traditionally, he does jump pretty well and he pinged the lids in his trial. So um, it's, it's hard. I tried to watch that start. I watched that start five or six times, but he, he copped a big check at the start. So it might have been one of the other horses just perhaps went sidewards and that's taken him out and just a victim of circumstances um, in that sense. What I talk about in, in this race, though, is how well Weppertson's going. I thought Weppertson was holding Prince of Valley the last 200 to the line really well. Um, the way Riley just described that with the map for this race, Christie compared to Pi at 1 to 11. You're going to think that Prince of Valley is going to save several lengths in the run, so you can understand why Prince of Valley should turn the table. I'm just not 100% convinced second up uh, off the off the long break how how good we are with Prince of Valley here. Um, but the map does make a lot of sense, as you said, with Excellent Dream uh, being a little bit of a layer. I'm hoping that Agent J is utilising this. Well, this is what I'm hoping with Carly and Agent J is they're, they're putting the pressure on almost pre-turn and then turning into a bit of a slog from there. Uh, Agent J looks super tough. Carly gets the three off. The laying off aspect is is a concern, is a concern, but I'm just I'm more so hoping that Carling can keep Agent J fluent and happy and not copying any sort of bother from that, um, as that does occur. She might she might even sit off 
excellent dream. So rather Poten- than rather potentially than girth it in running, yeah, potentially rather than girth it in running. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me, but um, mood swings uh, has mood swings returned as well as last campaign, BJ. I just think he's just had genuine excuses. Got beaten first got, up. Yeah, I think he got like beaten. Like a jaguar was three deep the trip, no cover. Like like a jaguar was not that great a horse. That's that's my concern that that there wasn't an excuse that start and last start. I don't think he's worked hard to get to the breeze there. I think he's Troy's let him go get there under his own steam and the horse that led has beaten him home. I'm still waiting for Troy to let him Probably go. Like, oh yeah, the previous start. Deary, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you want to hear one of my hard luck stories? <laughs> yeah. D Day on Saturday. I think he's just going to get the right run. He's going to be in the right spot. And if he's as good as uh, we think he is, and this is this is D Day for Moots. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I've marked him equal favourite. Yeah. So I hundred percent agree. The map looks so nice. Yeah, it's, it's, for sense. me, it was him or Princeton. Valley and yep. I, I trust mood swings no issues third up two runs under his belt Prince of Valley coming off that I guess he's had an injury enforced layoff I'm not really sure but um second up uh, always have to do- uh, wind him out a touch that mm-hmm. left me with mood swings mood swings peak career run over that 1200 when he defeated yep. bright diamond and pucker was, was massive yeah yep. was massive run yeah George Dupre training well you me and Dupre <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, prices. I'm Agent J520, so that's why for me at around that $11 mark sports bet at the moment. So then when I got up in front of me, 10 bucks, 11 bucks um, each way. Very easy bet from the breeze. Nice tough horse, fights it out. Um, my man, he's in this race as well in one short. Goes super fresh, beating Merv and fresh from a near identical setup last start. And uh, will be another runner suited by the little layoff from uh, Excellent Dream. So I'm um, expecting the Stevie Wolf. Trained one short to run a bit of a race here, BJ. Yeah, I'm expecting a four in front of the mood swings price and and uh, maybe even high fours and that'll do me. No bet race for me currently at the moment with Princeton Valley at $3.90, marked $5 okay. as a favourite, $5 favourite. So I'm be... looking at it. I'm going to be looked to play late. Okay. Well, you won't be concerned about a drift there, I guess. It, it depends where the money comes for, doesn't it? And if you're... Correct. And yeah. I think there are some other runners in this field that money will come for. So yeah. you probably will find a longer price closer to jump. Another one I wanted to touch on that was a little bit over my price is Double the Pro. Mm-hmm. I think it could run a big race at $19. Um, probably could have finished much closer last start if circumstances had. Yeah, maybe not as much. Drops two and a half kilos, gets payment on midfield with cover, isn't without a sniff at big price. Stable have a good opinion of the horse, I think, as well. So, yeah, this is a this is a, a cracking little race. Now, before we move on from race six, Terry, mm. tell the listeners: Did you find Stable Secret at Pinjarra last night? I did. I did. I actually marked Stable Secret seven bucks that day. Um, I got a bit lucky actually because uh, because I thought uh, he'd find the breeze. End up sitting three deep the trip. Three deep the trip on the turn. <laughs> um, and all, in all fairness, I've I've chipped away twenty sixes, forty ones, <laughs> and then taken the sixties late. I saw on Twitter that Tim Gossage tipped it as well at Finjar that day. He sure did. Got the forty ones. Great man. Me and Tim are in cahoots. Clearly, but uh, actually, uh, the best part of the day was the uh, the quadrilla with the last two legs paying thirty bucks and twelves after a sixty dollar winner. So, no, it was a reasonable day out at Pinjarra. We're just um, we've been living. Sassage is lifted him too, didn't she? Sasha did lift yeah. him. If you look on the line, she's yeah. looking around as well. <laughs> like she's deary, man. And then my Demi's come yeah. out and made that form look pretty good in the Batavia. Mm. I'd never really quite. I generally just went straight over uh, Stable Secret here. Demi consider him here. But um, no, this won't be the race for Stable Secret. There's always a race of prep for Stable Secret. There is. We've got him. Yeah. Well done. Yes, piss off. You're out. <laughs> race seven is listed. It's the feature of the day. It's a listed $100,000 scenic blast stakes. What an absolute superstar scenic blast was. He won a uh, lightning stakes and a new market handicap for Dan Morton and Stephen Arnold back in the day. 
now ended up being a globe-trotting superstar and Dan Morton's going to be looking to replicate some of the scenic blast deeds with Elite Street this uh, well next month in the coming weeks actually. Now Flirtini stands out as the best horse in the race. She rises to 60.5 kilos. She's going to get back again from a sticky draw. Can she replicate her phenomenal Miss Andretti stakes victory? Terry. Um, yeah, she can. She, she definitely can replicate it. But I think the run of Flirtini and Samizdat, and it's very likely to occur again, is they were embellished by the fact the leaders were stopping dead. Mervyn was gone. Like Mervyn was gassed. Indian Pacific would clearly have had enough. Um, like just, you can just look at the run of Caracapo to see the fact that he was in a bumping duel with Indian Pacific. He had no real right to kick on and run second from that position. Like he should have been tired too. So I think you might find as as impressive as Flirtini looked, as impressive as Salmon's Day looked running on like they did, a lot of that also – I mean, Essential Spice ran third and he was – she, sorry. It was just, just – Flirtini she, arguably had a more – maybe a more difficult run than Samizdat and went straight past. I agree with that. It's very hard to suggest Samizdat's going to turn the turn tables, tables. Isn't it? especially if they sprint from the same spot. You feel that there was more than – is it a two-kilo swing? There was more than a two-kilo – Flirtini was more than two kilos better than Samizdat, if you like. Uh, there might be more upside in Samizdat, perhaps at the 1,200, but um, look, you're going to be back last and second last or pretty close to it with these two runners. So I'm naturally in a sprinting trip. I'm going to, I'm going to try and get them beaten. Yeah. Uh, we've got to try and get them beaten. I thought I'd find Mervyn again. Um, I think after the little mishap with his, with his foot, he might have needed that bit of extra work. But I, I can't go past Caracapo. Yeah. Like, you just simply can't go past Caracapo at the price. He's, I'm with you. He's, he's an each-way price. Um, the way I've mapped this race, there's a few different ways. He could land Breeze, Brinkley deep. He could allow Brinkley to come and take him on. Obviously, we're going to have Mervyn out in front. We're going to have very slow ones on the back. Uh, it's good to see Mia Dolce in this race. Um, that was meant to sound more sarcastic. Me and Dolce and Battle Hero will be riding behind them. They're going to be absolute roadblocks. The pair of them will be gone um, at the top of the straight. So Caracapo could grab the back of Wrinkley here and, and very similar to what BJ was just talking about with Excellent Dream. Wrinkley's a big layer off for mm. us. So Jason Brown might not have to worry about going around Wrinkley here. He might just have to simply just keep the horse straight and go underneath Wrinkley when that gap does present. At the 1,200, I think Caracapo is just a bit underrated because he's not all that fashionable um, like the type of horse. He's that, a good horse, Caracapo. Like the type of horse really that Riley chases. He races in the first half of the field and he's just honest. Like he's just he's just super, super, super honest. He's eight, he, eight from 16 at the um, eight from sixteen at the 1,200 and um, seven from 15 track distance. Like he's, he's a really honest campaigner and this isn't a deep listed race. Yeah, I've got not much more to add there, Terry. Gets a kilo and a half as well on the favourite, mm -hmm. Flotini here. And he just goes to another level at 1,200, I think. And... He really deserves a black type box ticked on the resume, I think. Mm -hmm. he is if he's getting at, it, this is it. At prices, he's on top for me. I can't have anything else in the field. I just think Flirtini and Samizdat, in this field compared to the Miss Andretti, I think there's more. There's a few more roadblocks that could potentially cause yep. more issues. You've got horses like Battle Heroes not stepping at the moment all that well, Saracino, Guns of Navarone, Mia Dolce, who are all going to be sort of thereabouts. So they probably potentially have to get around when last start in the Miss Andretti, there wasn't as much sort of chaos happening in front of them. But I think that, I'm with Caracapo here. I think Caracapo is going to run a really good race. Especially with if the Eastley in play does happen to suit those on speed, it'll just make me more keen on Caracapo. Oh, Dan, if the Eastley does play heavy, I'll be having something Mervyn too, yeah. um, without a doubt. But um, what price are you, Caracapo? Right. I am $5.50, so the six fifty is an easy gamble for me. I'm four eighty, so it's a, uh, it's a bet for me too. Um, I did also like... I think Lockroy is in superb nick, but the barrier jockey combination yeah. just yeah. hurts at the moment, especially Trial, in a race of this been, depth. Trials have been really nice, haven't they? Lockroy. Mm -hmm. Hard from 11, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
I was $6 Cara Capo, career best form at the moment, and those two peak performances were over 1,011. And as the boys alluded to, 1,200 metres, I think it's what, seven from 15? Oh, seven from 15, Ash got 1,200. Go, goes to another scouts. level. Goes to another scouts. level at 1,200. Yeah. I, I Look, I was doing the leg up last night. I, I just went back looking at peak peak performances and I just thought, look, if Flirtini turns up in the same uh, fashion as she did, breathing fire in the Miss, and, Miss Andretti stakes, she's um, with Pike on board, she's going to get last crack at them again, just needs to be kept out of trouble. That Miss Andretti stakes was such a fast race, set up by Mervyn and Indian Pacific, as Terry mentioned, and they just shot the lights out there and she was just brilliant. Uh, has two outstanding winter bottom stakes performances on her resume, Flirtini, Ascot 1,200 metres. So obviously her best um, stacks up well and truly above the rest. Samizdat is the um, is the other class horse on his day. Just a little bit concerned by the way he cornered last start. He just sort of took a plotted a much wider path than um, than necessary. Perhaps that was just getting think, on the wrong leg at the wrong time. But do I you noticed, think O'Donnell tries to keep Pike on his inside? Uh, I think he should be wary of where um, Flirtini is. I'm always, I always think he shouldn't be too wary of where another horse is, and he should run his own race because that's a very difficult ride from 12 over 1200. Um, but he should be wary of where Flirtini is, whether that means getting on Flirtini's back or um, or holding Pike in a pocket for a second longer or two mm. when he has to. They're the little decisions that can win races. That's but but if if they're playing if they're playing jockeys out the back, then that obviously sets it up mm. for you. Caracapo's um, on top of the speed to hold on. Exactly right. It was funny listening to the jockey interviews when they all hopped off last start. Um, Jade said just a, just a thousand metre horse move. And so I reckon up to the 1200. Expect this not to be run as quick. Yeah. That's my prediction. I think I you'll think, see a massive drift. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Mervyn. If the Eastley's not in play, obviously, I if it's still a heavy Eastley, but it'll get out. Anything. I think Mervyn will get out to anything, but I also think just listening to Jade that she might um she might try and walk him along a little bit, which isn't really Mervyn's go. So but that could suit Caracapo with yeah. the two back markers um nowhere near him. Yeah, and in a similar vein, I think that you'll see a much more competitive performance from Saracino on Saturday. Um, he went I think huge. The, it was a massively yeah. competitive performance the other day. I yeah, he went absolutely huge. I think for sure, Sean, uh, Sean McGrady on board from a low draw. Uh, what was the race that they pinched? The Belmont Newmarket mm-hmm. during the winter. He's um, yeah, so he's he's going to be in a similar spot to Caracapo, but inside him. Um, yeah, look for Saracino running top four. I think on Saturday, mm-hmm. even though the market found him more than I expected it to. But for me, I think Flirtania win, but the boys are pretty keen on Caracapo at the price, and that's understandable. Caracapo for me. Caracapo for me. For the first time we've uh, lined up with, with strength. Exciting. It's been Sammy lining up to him, man. We've lined up with strength. I'm sure we're going to line up in the last here. And what's what's the last race of the day called, Roland? The Get Out Stakes. How do we spell it? S-T-E-A-K-S. I had to think about that for a minute, actually. The extremely... Extremely popular Get Out Steaks is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannonvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Swing pass, say good day. Timmy will look after you. Um, awesome, awesome array of small goods on offer at Market City Meats. So congratulations to episode 60 winner Tim Marlowe. Got the chocolates last uh, last week's edition of the 1-1. And uh, actually that was a big couple of weeks for Timmy because he won the Mastermind only oh. two weeks earlier. So he's he's had a fill-up, oh, a 1-1 one, one fill-up. What a great start to 2021. Um, there was a, there was a, it was actually a photo finish in the Get Out Stakes last week and a few of the 
play skidders actually rung Tom Percy to see if they could get the result uh, <laughs> reversed, but uh, it wasn't to be. So the result stands. Congratulations, Timmy. Now, to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, remembering it's race eight, only the eight races on Sydney mm. Glass Stakes Day. Let us know who you think will win at the 1-1 pod on Twitter. Race eight, Ascot, Saturday, the Get Out Stakes, the winner, decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Actually, I think, Riley, you are, you're an... Get Out Stakes winning alumni. Yes, correct? and also one on my current least favourite horse as well, Cryptic Love. Really? So there you go. Elite. Was uh, with Cryptic Love at its two starts, this prep at any old price prior to that. So that's Maddie what, Derrick victory. As was I. Mm. I wasn't just on, I tipped with a fair bit of uh, confidence as well. That's, so. that's why um, Riley got the leg up ahead of um, Tommy Johnson and Latham Anderson because he's a Get Out Stake winner. He's, he's, he's proven. So. <laughs> So remembering, of course, Terry. Apparently Tommy's a bit dirty. First <laughs> up, apparently a bit of rivalry. He's kicking off between the lads early. Yeah, he's keeping his uh, he's keeping his cards a bit close to his chest now that the uh, little oh. competition's on. So he's not giving <laughs> away too much. We'll get Tommy on very soon. So uh, remembering, of course, the all important Sam White rule, Riley. Sammy White, first to the post <laughs> gets the chocolates. <laughs> first in best oh, dressed. I like that. That's very good stuff. Um, shout out to our friend, friend of the podcast, Sam White. So race eight on the program, the Amelia Park handicap is also the That's emergence. Nice. How long until we mentioned that? The emergence of our very first podcast horse, the one, the only Newhad. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about the, uh, the debut of Newhad. Um, we're going to, we're going to, you'll chuck something on Twitter later this hour, yep. but we're going to get all the owners uh, email addresses. We'll get them to private messages and flick them through to us and we'll start a little, um, start a little email we'll send out. I'll just uh, include sort of pre-race notes for the meeting in my, my markets and we'll uh, discuss where we could potentially meet pre-race and say hello um, um, when at the track um, and just any other information of that nature. All the actual racing correspondence will still come directly from Luke, but um, yeah, excited about uh, about her debut. We were going to kick off on Wednesday, but um, we drew the widest gate in a race with Rock the Planet shock result. Hasn't deterred you. Hasn't deterred you on Saturday, though. Well, we it, it may have deterred us, but we're, we're pretty choiceless with the programming coming up. I think next week's Esperance, Jero, Albany, the Saturday doesn't have any suitable sprints for us, so That's we were pretty choiceless that we had to go either Wednesday or Saturday. Um, Roll the dice. And we've rolled the dice to some degree. Yeah, I think with a good gate in a class one, we would have been pretty hard to beat, um, to be honest, no matter um, if, if we could have found a race where we could get to the top or somewhere near the it's top. It's exciting though, isn't it? It is really exciting. And I, I, I to be honest, I'm still, I'm still tipping her here. Um, I think she's the one that's um, going to be the value runner. Look, the key aspect, well, the key aspect with every race is, is a speed map, obviously. But um, look, time to sizzle lead. Them up and you, everyone would be expecting time to sizzle to lead them up again. But you got to remember time to sizzle at, at uh, five of uh, her ten career starts. She hasn't found the rail. She's a horse that does do a little bit wrong um, when jumping. So I, I reckon second up there is a potential. We might see a little bit of a second up blues from time to sizzle here. And that's that might open the door for a couple of these other runners. Santiago Gale goes quick. Ladies of London's drawn wide with Pikey on. So look for, look for Pikey to find cover on that Lindsay Smith trained um, Galloper. Warfish goes quick. Warfish, again, isn't necessarily the world's best stepper. And Warfish is off 270 days. The fact that they've booked BBE over um, Paddy Carberry to me would suggest it's just a 
jump and run yep. type um, type effort there. And then you got Boz Torres in two. I think uh, Boz Torres is getting a bit, uh, a bit longer in the tooth and doesn't have the speed to go with a lot of these early. Same thing, Sterling State might get found out, I reckon, against some of the more sharper ones early. Then you've obviously got our girl in Newhad, who has unfortunately got the um, the Luke Fernie draw in um, in barrier in barrier thirteen. But with the fifty one, if if Carlene can step her, and, and Luke has said that she's stepping tremendously, and Luke has said, well, hasn't said she's stepping, she's. He's very happy with how she's feeling. Um, she's fleet-footed. She's ready to go. She's fresh going into this. Look, if we can, if we can step and land in the breeze with fifty-one, I reckon she's going to be really, really, really hard to hold out with the fifty-one kilos. If you look at her first two fresh runs, um, her first, her two fresh runs in her career to date. First up, she uh, as a two-year-old on debut, massive ratings win um, when knocking off Spirited Session. The form from that race is only so-so, but she did it with a real degree of ease. First up, next prep, she took on clairvoyance um, when crossed all bar clairvoyance, had to sit on the back of clairvoyance, which I don't think is a, um, well, that's nothing to sort of hang your head at. Mm. Uh, but uh, we found some trouble in the straight that day, finished alongside um, Charlton Eddie. We finished on the back of Gemma's son. Arguably, we probably maybe beat Gemma's son if we don't find that little bit of interference. So you had might be a horse that does her best racing fresh. I just think top end form is good enough um, to run a race here with the 51 kilos. So if we can find the breeze, I reckon 10 bucks each way, we can have something on here, BJ. They're, uh, they are running for Carleen too. They the certainly, they like certainly. Even, even Bumper Humper are. yesterday was uh, yeah. three wide no cover on a day that you didn't well, want to be there and just kept finding for her, didn't look, it? Look, if so. we if we do happen to land three deep outside the outside the speed, late in the day, that's not necessarily the end of the world either. And the fact we've only got the 51, you can cart a wider path so and off, still give a bit off at the them. end. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So... Look, if, if we're three deep outside, say, Time to Sizzle and Warfish and they're not going too mad and we've got a happy controlled horse with just the 51, I still think we can give a kick and run a race from out there. So um, might be a little bit biased, but um, I, I think she represents the value in the race at the current markets. Uh, just for all the people that have jumped into, follow, follow the lead and jumped into New Had on Saturday she will be wearing the Luke Fernie blue with purple seams colours. Mm-hmm. However... Where our uh, one one red and blue colours, which are in the process of getting registered registered at the moment, will be on for a follow up assignment. Fingers crossed. So keep an eye out for those very flash stuff, Guru. Yes, plus we're going to get the ownership details updated there as well. Yes, yeah, correct. Which all should be going through. Correct. Uh, might throw Riley. What are your What are your thoughts on the uh, on the get out? Um, I had one who I thought originally just looking at the fields was a standout commodity for me on the card. But I hope Paul Harvey's friends with Moses because he might need him to part the seas here. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's well, he's the pontiff. He liked that one too. It looks me. to be he a... He does not need a pontification. <laughs> <laughs> he is the pontiff. If anyone can uh, has a line to Moses, it's, uh, it's, it's the pont, that's for sure. It just looks to be a particularly sticky map for mm. Amelia's Contraire from gate one, potentially four, three, four, three, four back the fence. Yeah. Question, think. were you on first up? No. Jeez, oh, that was savage, oh, wasn't it? Oh, my God, seriously. <laughs> I'm on, and not only that, I decided to basically wait for the later price as well, so it's drifted to anything. That, that was, was savage. so difficult to watch. Deary me, deary, deary me, Riley. Anyway, continue. Yeah, she's, Sorry. Yeah, she's gone down half a length that day. Sorry, mm. Terry, but... um. <laughs> She's run easily. Thank, thank, completely forgotten as well. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. She's run, she's run easily the fastest last two split of the entire meeting and she didn't even find clear running room until passing the 100-metre mark. So that's saying something with how well she went that day without much luck, but it is less than ideal territory to be three, four back the fence here and she's undoubtedly needing 
luck to fall her way. She gets a two kilo swing on time to sizzle, who she would have beaten last start with any luck anyway. Mm-hmm. But she can find some clear galloping room up the rail for Paul Harvey if they start to start to fan off the re- fan off the fence late in the day. I can see her just running straight past these. I reckon, I reckon if she gets the luck, she wins the race. Yeah. I very much agree with that. But you're going to have, and this is one of the biggest things for me, and not many people will probably even look at this horse, Boz Taurus, right? From barrier two, Boz Taurus is going to be on the rail in front of her. Who's going to be the first horse beaten in the race is Boz Taurus. I just worry what that does to anything in that line. So this is a Nemeroff syndrome. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 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 So that's 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 what concerns me there. Mm. I, just from three, four back the fence, if, as you said, and you might be right, that stage of the day, if time to sizzle, what was a little bit off the bend and the gaps do appear, um, she'll flash and she'll run and she'll be so hard to beat. But um, yeah, you are you are backing a horse that is going to need some luck um, over the 1,000 metres. Especially if they ramp the speed up and that just creates that bit of separation for the pond to mm-hmm. angle angle out or into. But uh, but Terry Terry's right, like time to sizzle was... Do you think she was flattered a bit? Hundred percent. Who, who settled around her? How yeah, many was it settled around? It was, it was like, oh, I don't think that's as big a victory as, as it looks. And like a Jaguar's got out flash late. I yeah, I, I think that time to sizzle is absolutely um, is cherry ripe for the beating here. And and if Millie Contreras does have that bad luck, your next in line is Lipstick Flickers, a thousand meters back to a thousand with the bar shoes on. No, no, thank you. No, you then got Ladies in London next in line. Yep. Um, from barrier 14, who was gifted a race last start in the country to win. Like, it's so, like, so who, who, who's going to be rolling out of trouble with who, no weight on his back? Oh, this is oh, jeez, I'm it's going to be a brave I'm performance. Like, I reckon I'm, I'm, I reckon I'm going to be there. I reckon I'm going to be there and uh, I'm going to be excited. I think BJ, I think we can run a race. I think we can run a race. I agree. I think we can run a race as well. Uh, I do think that Riley and the Guru are on the right path. Any luck, um. Gaps late, Amelia's Contrera has the closing speed to overcome that mid, mid-backish potentially running position. Just her, her um, the way that she launched first up was incredible. Query, why? Because Amelia's Contrera is uh, proven to be, I would say, proven to be better at the 1,200 over the 1,000. Why haven't they gone to the 1,200-meter race later in the day rather than stick to the 1,000? I found that very odd. I'm sure Simon has a plan. I think Simon's one of the more astute horsemen um, and, and placer of horses, but uh, I found it interesting they didn't... Um, pop up to the the 1200 meter race just a something i noted mm. maybe she was nominated and didn't get the gate or something potentially yeah I, did, I didn't see the early nods in that sense so that could well be it but um but yeah it's a uh yeah it's a the, the map and the speed and the, the 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 setup for this race is is all important isn't it and uh terry's outlined um all the all those factors Riley has mentioned that um, obviously Emilia's Contreras is going to need a hell of a lot of luck from gate one, but uh, Pont on board, anything can happen. It's going to be a fascinating watch. And to all our new had uh, uh, owners, new owners, and all our podcast followers, um, she's just going to be out there, clear air, rolling, 51 kgs, inform stable, inform apprentice. Who knows? Who knows, Terry? I haven't caught her once. <laughs> no, there you go. I've not caught her it's, once yet. It's time. It's time. <laughs> All right, it's time for our Betfair Best betting propositions of the day. Our guest, Riley Morgan, what have you got for us, mate? What's your best? Betfair oh, best. best. Pretty pretty tough card all in all with uh, not exactly bullish you're about. Making, you're making excuses already, Riley. But I do have to lock in, although we have touched on that he will be needing a bit of luck in the straight. But Amelia's contrary in the last for me in the get-out stakes is the best betting proposition of the day for me. Pont, Pont in the last. Pont contraire. Ah, uh, Bernard, your best. Uh, getting getting early, I think. 
Ryan, Ryan Hill's mount. <laughs> Zijern, uh, good thing in the first. Good thing. Yeah, good I was thing. 250. Uh, the price has been nibbled away yeah. since uh, since markets went up, but I think it stands out for me. I think it'll just win to start today. Brad go up this morning. He would have been 310. on. 310. Three, went up 310. 310. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that looked uh, that looked backable. Uh, look, I don't – this is a meeting where I found it very difficult to come up with the best. Uh, I'm making Mark, excuses already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve that too. I have marked Agent J uh, an equal favourite with mood swings. We can get double that. So let's back Agent J each way at 11 bucks nice. as their uh, our best of the day. Quite surprised that that's what's come out of my mouth, to be honest with you. Uh, Maddies. So for, uh, to qualify as a Maddie, even though we do sort of move <laughs> around a little we bit. We do move the uh, we move the uh, goalposts every now and then uh, to suit ourselves. However, Riley, $21, 20 to 1 of the old plus. What have you got for us? A bit of value. Oh, race five. I My Maddie for the day is duck feet Ooh. for – the Brett Pope Yard. It wasn't the worst run you'll yeah. ever see last wasn't, start. It was wasn't bad. essentially two lengths detached yeah. from the rest of the pack on the turn. And the way he's run home, he's a horse that sort of needs to always has needed to build into his preps with a few with a few runs before he really hits his straps. And I think you'll see a price upwards of 50 to 1 on Betfair late. And yeah. I'm happy to have something very small on there. So duck feet is my Maddie of the day. Terry. I actually don't mind that. It's a uh, it's a horse that can pop up at a price from nowhere, from the clouds. I think I'm, I think I'm back to the last time I won a race with Mitchell Pateman along yeah. the fence. Uh, right? Does yeah. also lose yeah. the apprentice. I might have won a race since, but I remember Mitchell Pateman drove up along the fence mm-hmm. and got there in the last yeah. stride one day, about yeah. 12 bucks. Yeah, lose the apprentice for the senior as well. Okay, duck feet, tell you what. Juggernaut, juggernaut Jay jumps on. On every week if mm. we can get duck feet up. Mm. Um, then again, mine's probably just as much of a chance. One short, the map, if excellent, Dean, when excellent dream does roll off a little bit. Um, one short, goes super fresh, might just be forgotten about in markets, currently nearly 30 bucks. Um, bit like uh, Riley's, probably even starts a bit longer with a few supported runners in that race. So we'll have something small on one short as our Maddie. BJ. Uh, all right, so my Maddie, and I've already um, – Mentioned it earlier in the show, but I think Starfield Impact for with uh, a low draw, three kilos off for Lactar is going to be leaders back. Uh, if she taps into anywhere near her best form, she can she can give this this a nudge. So twenty six dollars, probably maybe even a bit longer of the day. Magic Mike, you hope so. I reckon the three of ours multi will be upwards of a what will that be about uh, 30, 50, 150, 30s enough, about forty five thousand. So you get those three. I mean, I reckon the least chance of the three of them is BJ's as well. Yeah. So. You reckon? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Starfield doesn't come. You down. reckon it's finished? Think, I think, yeah, finished. I think the horse is shot. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm not going to enjoy next week's podcast if stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you, you, you're even <laughs> casting any doubt on our man. No, you're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Not from the not from the good gate with the uh, with the free claim on it. Uh, our lay 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 of the day. Riley Dot. What is your uh, what's your lay of the day? Lay of the day is kiss on all four cheeks in race three. That's good. Pipe opener for Melbourne targets. Not here to win. Yep. Good. 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 Times. Um, time. Times two for me. Times two. Yeah. Um, current price is a lay for me. That's yeah. I'm probably backing when it gets out to double that at least. Um, look, I found I started to find a lay. Prince Devoutly. I'm. I'm not convinced on a horse second up long break. I think the three dollars forty is pretty. Uh, it's pretty, rock bottom. Pretty, pretty rock bottom. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's not one I want to push a real strong lay on because I think it'll be mapped really nicely. But um, yeah, we'll take on Prince Devoutly. All right, so this is the first of our Young Guns yes. Hunters series podcasts, and we've got Riley Morgan, Tommy Johnston, and Latham Anderson, the three guys who will be uh, joining us on the 1-1. Obviously, Riley's here with us today. But um, Terry has organised a punt-off 
and he's going to let everyone know exactly what the fellows have come up with. All right. Week so one. Inclusive of this week, over the next seven weeks, inclusive, uh, we will be giving them, uh, as I said, 100 units to spend on uh, on Betfair SP. They'll be recorded. Maximum three bets each way just counts as one bet. So you can back three horses each way if you like. Uh, $100 in total. Just basically add up the results. Simple stuff. Riley, kick us off. Where's your $100 going this week? Get my pen and paper out to write it down. I am going to start off with $25 each way. Yes. On all day session, race three. Oh, okay. Me. You might even get your uh, Mandy price come back for SP if the in the boat money comes there. I think so. Mm-hmm. Think okay, so. 25 each way, all day session. Yep, 50 bucks left. 50 on the win, Amelia's contrary and the get out sakes for like me. Like S-T-E-A. S-T-E-A-K-S. Correct. It's hard to spell it, isn't it? When it oh, it makes me think. It comes out here, doesn't it? <laughs> really hurt. All right, I need yours for next week by 10 a.m. Thursday. Please, sir. All right, Tommy Johnston. TJ, Tommy Johnston, is that the name of the, the old weatherman? No, it's Tom Johnston. Todd. He's the singer of the grouper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He still does, I think. Yeah, does he really? I believe so. There you go. Tells the weather and he can belt out a tune as well. He'd be on What About Why, wouldn't he? <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Tommy Johnston's gone for some value. I'll tell you what, it'll be an interesting old uh, competition if we can jag one here. Race five, 50 wins, classy macro. Race six or seven? Um, hang on, let me just Six, seven's the feature. Race six is he second about another 50 wins, double the pro. Yes. So 50 wins, classy macro currently around seven, eight bucks. 50 wins, double the pro, I think it's around 20 bucks. I've got in front of me at the minute. So uh, Tommy, Tommy's, uh, Tommy Johnson does love a Fernie yeah, horse. He, does, he loves he? a Fernie uh, horse. He's having a little throw at the stumps at a price, so I like that. Lathan has got the three for us. He's with BJ in race number one. 50 wins on Ryan Hill's mouth. <laughs> uh, race five, uh, one of the not uh, one of the Helen Harding duo. Which one? Which one's he going not with? Not recapitulate. Bentley's. Yes, he's the brother. Bentley's brother. He's gone with it. He's one of his best bets is Bentley's brother for the day. Ten bucks each way. And um, and he's with uh, with BJ again in race six. Uh, 30 wins on mood swings. So there you are. I'll tell you what. Tommy Johnston could just blow this competition apart in week one and have the boys scramble. There are so many. I was told Tommy earlier, there are so many that um, he tips that I'm on or I've got something on or or, he's on Long Knife Brother at Albany today and that's a a spec for me. Um, Long Knife? Massively. Long Knife Brother. Oh, Brother. The Brother. The Brother. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting how many many line up with um, not just Tommy but um, Lathan and and Riley as well. Well, and thanks for the boys for for participating in it as well. Yeah. Courtesy of Betfair as well. Very exciting. Very exciting times ahead. I know – as a result of this competition, me and Tommy might be uh, rendezvousing with our selections less frequently now. Yeah. There's something up for grabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to keep uh, your cards close to your chest um, during competition time. So, no, looking forward to it. I'm hoping someone, as I said, Jag's a big winner um, early on. If you get all-day session up, you should set yourself a nice lead. Same with uh, Latham with Bentley's brother or Tommy with double uh, double the pros. So I'd love to see one of them take a big lead early and uh, see what the other boys have got chasing-wise. So. 
could be some new uh, favourite hard luck stories moving forward out of this competition. Yeah, so. there could be. Yeah. There could be, yeah. There could be uh, some new favourite horses as well, potentially. But uh, Riley, thank you for joining us uh, for uh, for another very long edition. It's still, like, we can't even discuss it anymore. It's always a long edition of the podcast, isn't it? But uh, loved having you on, mate. Tremendous, uh, tremendous insight uh, into the way you you punt and, and come up with your selections. And, um, yeah, we are, we look forward to having you on again in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. Outstanding. It's been a pleasure. Outstanding, Outstanding mate. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. All right, guys. Well, uh, that brings us uh, to the end of another uh, episode of the uh, the one one uh, the podcast horse debuting on um, Saturday is definitely the highlight of the meeting. For the me. people's and podcast. The people's podcast. Exactly right, Riley. So I'm uh, very excited about uh, new had debuting. Um, yeah, well, we'll hear more from Luke about uh, about her chances in uh, in the coming days. I'm <laughs> the, sure the guru is declaring. Yeah, I'm, I probably should uh, I probably should calm down a little bit, but uh, uh, we're, we're we're confident she can run a race. But uh, looking forward to what she does going forward. Looking forward to having um, Tommy Johnston and Latham Anderson on in coming weeks and watching this competition. Um, Rough. Get a bit. Get around them on Twitter. We'll put the results up on um, on Sunday or Monday. BJ will jump on and lob up the results, and we can um, and we can declare a, a bit of a Twitter champion in, in the Young Gun Rising series. But um, um, before we go, yes, Magic Moons Day next week. Yes, huge huge event in the WA Wonderful racing calendar. Race. Maybe Simon A. Miller on the podcast. Yes, we're gonna, yet to be uh, confirmed, but big possibility. Yes, big big chance. We're yeah. going to try and uh, attack S. A. Miller to come and uh, and join us next week. Just a natural follow up for R. Dot Morgan, isn't it? Downgrade to the uh, downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, looking forward to seeing how the lads progress. Good luck to the People's Podcast horse in the last new hat. And until next week on the one one. Thank you.